Hey guys, this is Caitlin Akon on the Below the Belt show, and remember, just survive somehow. Yay, that's your catchphrase. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Always. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt and Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, your host with the most each and every Wednesday for your weekly Eargasm, guys. WNBC is the place to be. And uh, let's go ahead and start by introducing the illustrious room, the panel, if you will, of tonight's Below the Belt show. Let's start off, guys, with a BTB original. He is. The one and only king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, as opposed to motivational speaker. <laughs> the one and only Chachi McFly. Feels good. It feels good to be back. Excellent. Good to have you back in B2B Studios. And let's go ahead and also introduce, that's right, she's not a fan of the nickname that we coined for her on the <laughs> belt show, but anyways, it's, okay. it's the adorable one. It's because you couldn't <laughs> think of another nickname. But <laughs> See what happens? I know. And now it's stuck. I know. The one and only actress, model, promotional model. You could become ugly. Voice. Like that, that, would, that would help. That, yeah. <laughs> voiceover artist. Great mom. The list goes on and on. Am I missing anything? Um, <laughs> uh, ooh, uh, fellow Filipino. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. fellow Filipino. <laughs> Guys, it's well, 9 out of 10 ain't bad, you know? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's the one and only <laughs> Allie Dash. Hello. Glad to be back. Glad it's not freezing cold like it was last right? time I was here. It is <laughs> It is spring, even yes. though winter is coming on April 14th. Uh, I think but winter's already here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's cold. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, we have a new voice in studio on Below the Belt Show. I met her on set of an awesome TV series that you'll be able to see on Netflix. I believe some po- sometime this fall, called Messiah. It stars Michelle Monaghan, Emily Kinney from The Walking Dead, um, and a few other really well-known actors. A few of the names are escaping me, but nonetheless, guys, Amanda Michaud Hi. is in studio. Hi. So excited to be here. <laughs> good, for my first time. Yes. Good to have you on Below the Belt Show. Amanda, this is your first podcast as well, isn't it? Yes. Wow. Okay. So... We're, uh, we're, we hope uh, that you enjoy yourself and uh, try not to be too nervous. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of fun here on Below the Belt Show. Um, Amanda, you uh, just got back from London, England, yeah? Yes, yeah, I was Tell there. Tell us about your trip. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. And you met 
a megastar. I met a few megastars. Wow. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about it if we could. Yeah. So, um, well, I heard uh, the reason for the trip was that I heard that Kit Harrington, so Jon Snow from Game of yes. Thrones, and Lily James were both going to be in plays together. I mean, Jeez. not together, but, uh, you know, two separate plays um, and for one, like, consecutive week. They were overlapping. Yeah. And so I decided that I was going to go to London and kind of wiggle my way in there and, yeah. <laughs> and get some autographs. Yeah. Yeah. So typically when celebrities do plays, whether it's in Broadway, New York, or... Even in England, a lot of them tend to come out after the show and greet people. Yeah, stage dooring. Stage mm-hmm. door, right. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. What's, what's the uh, – any pointers for good stage dooring? Yes. So, number one <laughs> – <laughs> let me think for a second because this is, this is a ton this of is something. This is something good for me to know because I am going to New York this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I do need to know about these So, things. well, number one, uh, pre-planning um, – Get aisle seats if you can, so that as soon as the show ends, you can <laughs> run off and be first in line. Yes, you know. Um, so make sure that you also, yeah, look online. Like this is like pre before everything. You look online, make sure you find out where the stage door is because mm. it can be around the corner on a different block. I mean, like, right. it, like there's different locations and it varies. Um, you know, good to the know. Theater. Good yeah, to know. and so and then also it's good to bring bribes. I found. Oh, or, my. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I brought Kit Harrington some Haribo sour gummies because I read an interview. Oh, those kind of vibes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> sexual. Oh. <laughs> um, I was thinking money, but oh, you, okay. now that you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So nothing like that. Uh, I was going to try sexual. You were going to try sexual, <laughs> Next right? Next time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for some people, you never know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I heard he liked uh, Harry Bow Gummies. He did an interview and he mentioned it. And so I brought him some from across the pond. And I mentioned that I was from America, that I'd come uh, just to see him. And that and worked. That, that helps. Yeah, awesome. he asked me my name. He gave me a hug. And, you know, I was, um, I can't even describe. <laughs> He's, you know. <laughs> and then Lily James. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a fangirl moment with Kit Harrington. I was very cool and calm. Yeah, Thank okay. you very much. Yes, <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was uh, very collected. Right. And then it was afterwards that I had to, you know, fan myself off a bit. <laughs> it was a bit of a, well, you know, that was a wild night. But um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this where it gets to the sexual part? No, I wish. <laughs> No, he's, wild night. he's too married for me. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> maybe grits. if it were a few years ago. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. But I, I was, <laughs> I was uh, a redhead. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I went there. I was just like, hmm, maybe he'll, you know, he likes redheads. So he, he clearly does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, no, yeah. no intentions there. Yeah. Okay. Mary, happily married. So good for him. Did you dye your hair red just for that? No, but I kept it red just oh, for okay. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the bribe. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> what about the lovely Lily James? Oh, that's, she's amazing. That's... Yeah. Um, so with her, it was, she was in All About Eve. Yeah. And I think that was the night before Kit Harrington. Um, and I said the same thing. I didn't bring her a bribe, but I did tell her, you know, I came from America <laughs> just to see you. And, wow. And so she asked me my name. She wrote me a special little note on my autograph. So that got that me a little great. something extra. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Really yeah. So um, I'm going to be checking out. Um, Kylo Ren, that's uh, Adam Driver, <laughs> and Carrie Russell, who is in the new Star Wars movie. But anyways, they're in a play together together called Burn This, which uh, opened uh, on Broadway uh, mid-March. And also Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad fame, um, his play Network, um, which uh, is only showing for a few more months. So definitely um, I've heard great things about uh, the Network play. Um, and I've heard good things about the Burn This Place. So I'm really looking forward to uh, spending some time in New York City. It should be pretty fun. Um, just, a, just a quick little thing. I, I just got back from Los Angeles. I had a nice time with my sister and my three-year-old nephew. And 
we got we did some really fun stuff like go to the aquarium and the beach and uh while there I also got to do a couple really cool panels as part of Paleyfest. Paleyfest is a television uh festival of sorts where they do a lot of panels with some of your favorite shows and I went to two of them um one of which was Parks and Recreations. I saw that. The 10-year <laughs> reunion which as you know the first season came out in 2009 and now it's 2019. The entire cast was on stage. Everybody. It was so cool. I mean, Amy Poehler, Aubrey Plaza, Ziz Ansari, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord himself, um, Rob Lowe, Nick Offerman, um, Adam Scott, Rashida Jones, the list goes on and on. We're all on stage, on hand for this incredible uh, 10-year panel. And what was cool about the panel... Um, they kind of talked a lot of stories and stuff like that, and obviously the cast miss, you know, working together. Um, so they did mention a little bit of a possible potential reunion or, or, or you know, sequel series or sequel special. Um, but the uh, the uh, showrunner of the show mentioned it would be possible, and the only way it would be possible is if everybody was on board. Number one. And if the story is right, there has to be a reason or a story for these characters to be reunited. Um, and uh, it kind of gives, like, the fans hope, really, um, of a potential um, potential reunion, you know. Or, or, you know, I mean, it was cool seeing it on stage. But to see the cast of Parks and Recreations in another, whether it be another limited series, whether it be a TV movie, would be really cool. And I think, you know, with a lot of the you know, the cast schedules. Obviously, you know, Chris Pratt is a huge star now. Aubrey Plaza is huge. I mean, they're pretty much all become major stars on their own. It will be kind of difficult to get everybody on the same schedule. So if they're able to do like a TV movie, I think that would be great. Kind of like showing where every, where their character is at in the future. Um, and then it's only been like four years since the last season of Parks and Rec. So it hasn't been too long. Um, but... I do have um, an exclusive interview with the actor that played Jim uh, uh, from Parks and Rec. So uh, that will be uh, uh, played on a future show. Um, the panel was moderated by Patton Oswalt, and, uh, who is a great actor and comedian, if you're not familiar with him. Um, but yeah, um, I'm looking forward to a possible, you know, this gives a lot of people a lot of hope for a uh, possible uh, reunion. So... I don't know. Anyone Parks and Recs fans? Allie, did you ever tune in? I've, I've never seen Amanda? No. Chachi, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love Parks and Rec. Chachi, you never watched uh, Parks watch and Rec, did you? Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. But the, the best part was actually getting in the press line, talking to Aubrey Plaza, and saying hi again because it's been a little, little while since I've seen her. And, of course, Nick Offerman, who plays Ron Swanson. Um, so, uh, that was a highlight. And, of course, another great panel was The Walking Dead. So I'll start with this panel because this panel actually took place before the episode that everybody was talking about. <laughs> um, but they pretty much uh, address the horror western vibe that the show was has been taking on. Um, and it's really inspired a lot by the comic books. And Angela Kang uh, mentioned the time jump in the comics and they decided to go a little further in time than the comics do. Um, and of course they had to figure out a reason to write Rick Grimes. I should explain the reason for the time jump is because it was a logical way for the group to get over Rick Grimes no longer being there, which kind of made sense. And 
a good thing is that Rick Grimes' character leaving um, was before the time jump, and it kind of uh, was logically made sense. And you're going also back to the source material where there was also a time jump too. So she kind of just um, talked about that. Um, the panel had um, Norman Reedus, Christian Serratos, um, Eleanor Matsura, Ron, Lauren Ridloff, and Ryan Hurst, who plays Beta. Um, a lot of the cast was actually in Berlin. They had a big Walker Stalker Con. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, Kit Harrington so, was there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kit was at a Walking Dead, a Walking Dead uh, panel. It's kind of crazy. Um, and uh, wow. And um, so yeah, they talked about uh, Norman Reedus uh, moving to um, the spotlight of you know because basically with Rick gone, you kind of have he's kind of taken over as a new lead. Has he though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, he's barely in the episodes. I don't know. I, don't oh, I know. disagree. I don't think he's any more than what he used to be. I don't know. You know he, Angela he, King has done a great job um, developing his character past. I, I think he's, he's, yeah. he's done quite a bit this season, actually. Um, because obviously you, you do need that that lead actor, that central figure, and I think that's. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, it, it is an ensemble cast. I, you know, I don't think it's like. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you do have you bring up a very proper point. Um, I mean, Rick was there like like every second of every episode. No, yeah. I, I think it was actually just reported that Norman Reedus surpassed the amount of Andrew Lincoln's episodes. episodes. I think he has been in more now. Yeah, because they both have been there since day one. And well, I, I think Norman came in on the third episode. Right. Yeah. So and so Rick was in pretty much I think every every episode, right? But I think Daryl has also been since episode three. So it took a few yeah. episodes yeah. O- you know, overlapped, and and yeah, and so now he's finally surpassed Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. There you go. Well, they were paying whatever they, that he wants because they I can't th- lose him. Yeah, I think he's they, getting $20 million or something. It's That's getting insane. something insane. Uh, yeah, they can't. And uh, we're going to get into uh, more of that. Um, but I guess we could start talking about the crazy, which I, for me, it felt like a finale um, because of what happened on the show. But here we go with Walking Dead Talk. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to be discussing Season 9, Episode 15 of AMC's The Walking Dead. That's right, one of our favorite shows. If you if you heard the opening promo of the show, that was Caitlin Nacon, guys, and uh, man, first of all, I have to warn our listeners that we will be discussing things that occurred on the most recent episode of The Walking Dead. So if you are a fan and you do not want to know, because it was a major, major episode with major, let's just say it, major deaths. Spoilers. <laughs> so so once again, if you do not want to know about last Sunday's episode of The Walking Dead, then tune in a little bit later once you have watched the episode. So I'm just giving you fair warning. So we'll be talking in depth about this past episode, guys. I can only see say this is probably the saddest episode. So when Carl died, I wasn't that upset. I think I was a little more upset when Herschel died and when maybe when Beth died. Um, this I think maybe takes the cake because I mean obviously we'll have to not forget about like uh, Glenn uh, and Glenn Abraham, which were yeah, they're pretty heart wrenching too. But mm. this one we're talking. The, the amount of people that were killed off on The Walking Dead was certainly uh, something that we, uh, well, we kind of expected. We knew the Pike scene was happening. We just, 
I just I guess everybody wasn't really expecting major players like that many major players. It was almost <laughs> um yeah. you know as a parallel it was almost like the Walking Dead's Red Wedding episode. That's a good yeah. that is actually yeah. a good <laughs> way to describe that episode guys. Um so I think obviously um, an emotional attachment to um, Enid, um, Caitlin Nacon, who interviewed on Below the Belt Show a few weeks ago, and also Elise Dufour, who played Frankie, who was also called in from Below the Belt Show, who's also part of the DMV. She's from Virginia. Um, and uh, those are emotional ones. But so we're then, bad luck. <laughs> if you're on Walking Dead, don't call into our show because they're going to kill you off. <laughs> I, I would hate the big of that. Yeah. Um, but I, for whatever reason, I'm really upset about Alana Masterson's character of Tara being killed off. And uh, wow, th- this was a really gnarly. She called in too, right? No, we had oh, not. Had? We had okay. not had Tara on. That would have been right. great. But uh, initial reactions of the Pike scene. Um, I was excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you're excited. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, were, were you expecting the pipe? That turns her on. <laughs> oh, <my> gosh. <laughs> Maybe. No, no, no. But, um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I was expecting it. I knew about the comics. I hadn't read right. them, but I, I knew what was going on. And You knew about the pike scene coming. I knew about the pike scene coming, okay. and I knew about a right. lot of the comic book deaths that, you know, I thought might happen. So I was convinced Ezekiel, King Ezekiel, was uh, going to yep. be on a pike, and then uh, Rosita. I thought mm-hmm. they were setting her up. And so they gave a little bit of, you know, there were a few hints in that towards the, you know, in the episode mm-hmm. towards that. Um, Angela Kang did a great job of giving that nod to right. comic readers. But um, I was happy that there were some alternative people uh, with their heads cut off instead of those two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Henry, uh, for instance. Yes, so you're happy about the touch. Oh, you, me too. You yes. mentioned yes. you're happy about Henry yeah. being. Oh, he annoyed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Why, why was he annoying to you? I don't know, he just did everything wrong. Like he, I mean, <laughs> I understand he was in love with this girl, but he, he was, just like yeah. made everything worse on the show. And like, I mean, I didn't really like his character that much. I mean, I wish they would have kept Carl. I mean, and not not kill him off on the pike, but um, yeah, you know, I wish that um, it would have been that romance instead. Well, honestly, and if you think yeah. about it, if you think about it, everything that happened happened because of Henry. Yeah, he went off to find Lydia, and yeah, you know, yeah. it was a domino effect of sorts, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and of course Henry took Carl's storyline in the comic books. Yeah. Uh, Allie, I'm you're, still, I'm still you're a fan. Of, you're actually a fan of the. <laughs> graphic. I'm still bitter that he <laughs> Scott Gimple, <laughs> fucking Scott Gimple. So <laughs> you express how frustrated. I stopped. Now I See? need. I now I need to catch up because I've it's heard so amazing sister, things about Angela. My King. sister stopped watching after well, Glenn's death, well, and I knew you that stopped was watching. Coming, but no, once I found out after. Like, Carl's well, the first episode of that season was boring, and I was like, and I was already getting tired of Scott Gimple. But once I heard Carl died, I was like, "Fuck you, like, I'm done." Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but now I need to. I, I've heard really great stuff about Angela King, and so I need to mm-hmm. catch up and like put my hatred aside. And yeah. <laughs> that they killed off because Carl was such an amazing badass. Like, I just I never understood why, especially with um, well, Andrew Lincoln leaving. Like, we, why would we they actually kill? ask that to? Like, um, <sighs> we actually asked that to. Uh, Caitlin. Oh, really? And what she did said that's a very good question. So, um, but she kind of just said that you know um, Andy was already planning on leaving anyways. Um, whether it was he already expressed interest probably around the time that they decided to kill off Carl anyways because that was, that was the following season. Um, but maybe if they knew of Rick's Rick wanting to leave a lot earlier, 
it might have might have mattered. Well, I think the real question even mm-hmm. is why did they decide to kill off Carl? I mean, um, I did hear. Did you? If you, I don't know if you knew, but Chandler mm-hmm. Riggs had bought a house and planned on going to yeah. college nearby just so he right. could continue on the show. And then he, he was fucking with his life pretty he, much. Yeah, yeah. Scott Gable dropped that bomb on him. His, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know his, his father had his been posted, posted something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, do you think it was something about where they always planned to do this time jump? And you mm-hmm. think it would have been hard? To age him that he many years? He would have been the right uh, age, though, with the time jump. Because if you thought about yeah. it, when it started, it was like such, um, so many years have passed. But on Walking Dead time, it was a much shorter time. It was like so, two or three years. Yeah. So he was so playing 13. think about it, he well, makes, was the correct too. age wow. for the time jump. They could have done it. They could have given him a haircut. You know, like Enid was and Carl are the same age. <laughs> and she just, you know, got a haircut, you know, tried to, you know, like she said on the show just played someone in her early 20s versus she's actually 19 in real life. Yeah. I wonder um, if him turning 18 had anything also had to play a factor. Well, I, I mean, Scott Gimple always explained that they needed a reason for Rick to want to keep Deegan alive. Like, it wasn't all... Like, if if Carl didn't say that no, not everybody has to die to Rick, I guess I understand that explanation because... There's got to be a reason that makes sense. But he kept them alive in the Rick, comic, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the so comic. It's, he does a, you know, Carl's still alive, Rick is still alive. Yeah, so and it was and a reason in the Negan. comic to keep Negan alive then. So, But but I think maybe they were thinking too. when they brought that to from the comic book to the screen, it didn't work. I don't know. I mean... I, I think some of these creators, I think they like to kill off these big characters as for like a shock value. Yes, that's what yeah. I was going to say. And to get people talking. And like, which I'm surprised they didn't kill off Ezekiel. I would have been pissed. I think he's one of the few... Good new characters. And I, I think mean. I think they did that on purpose because as you as we were mentioning, Ezekiel was one of the person who died uh, during the Pike scene. Yeah, but he's the actually interesting. Pike. Like an interesting He's an character. interesting character, yeah. I'd be afraid. If I was an actor in that show, I'd be afraid if they were sort of giving me more lines each week. I'm like, You're gonna kill me off, aren't you? <laughs> it happens every time. It's like and we're left with a lot of the people who like we don't care about. I think there's there's so many like mm. like no names walking around. I mean, there's well they they have a few to of the originals. These, yeah, they have to develop these new characters. Well, they d- develop yeah. one, then they'll kill them off. That's yeah. what they do. Well, I mean, I would <laughs> say that Magna's group, at least these new characters, they came in this season, and I already feel attached to some of them. I oh, like good. you know okay. Magna and y- Yumiko and mm-hmm. uh, Connie in particular. Mm-hmm. I love Connie and, and Luke. Let's not forget Luke. Yes, Luke is amazing. Yes, yeah. Um, so that you know, I think they've Angela Kang being at the wheel has really helped the show in Absolutely. terms of character development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really important. A couple other of the people who uh, died on the Pikes. Um, what do you think of the Highwaymen? Uh, Ozzy uh, and their leader Alec. Uh, their heads were on Pikes as well. Also, now were they? Did they have bigger roles in the, the comic or what? Because I don't think the Highwaymen were in the comic. I don't think they were. Oh, they were a show no. edition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had one of the saviors turn Alexandrians, DJ. Um, and of course, Elise Dufour, who played Frankie, who was one of Negan's wives. She, she became a savior and then moved into Alexandria. Um, that was a really sad one. And then some of the, um, the teenagers from Hilltop include Addie, played by Kelly Mack, and Rodney, played by Joe Ando Hirsch. Um, it was sad. I mean, these are young actors, you know, it's like... It's almost it's almost like they chose like a whole bunch of the young actors and 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 and, and decided to kill them off. Or, nah. Well, technically, it was from the storyline's perspective, it was um um what's her face Alpha. Alpha. <laughs> oh, thank you, Alpha. That that made that decision. So I don't know. I kind of would have liked to have seen. Now they showed how the group was kind of struggling and fighting for their lives, but I, I'd like to. 
I don't know. I feel like I would have liked to have seen how they were captured and kidnapped. I think that's a, a sentiment that you know? a lot of people yeah. have echoed. Like I've been on, you know, yeah. internet forums reading about yeah. it and people's opinions, and I think they had trouble believing that they could have been pulled away in the first right. place, unless maybe Alpha had other whisperers that were dressed like up. Like how and, does that happen? Yeah, yeah, and uh, you, know? you know, I think they maybe hinted it with the Ezekiel conversation that she had. You know, where mm-hmm. she kind of easily lured Ezekiel away. But I mean. Right. I mean, I, you know, one particular character was um, Tammy. You know, she was just attached to that baby. And and yeah, and yet how, she would, you know, how did yeah. they lure her outside of the walls? How did they? Yeah. So that would have been interesting to see uh, happen. I totally agree. I mean. Maybe they'll flash Al- back this week coming up, you think? Maybe. Was Alpha, I mean, dressed up, you know, she had the wig on from the first woman that she killed in the beginning. And then she was seen at the fair. And. Is she like a one-woman army that supposedly kidnapped all these people and and you know tied them up and eventually killed them with the help of other whispers? But obviously she was able to do it on her own because she was at the fair and didn't make you know was pretty much walking um, unnoticed. You know, was the I don't know. Was the Pike I haven't, since I haven't seen the episode? Yeah. Was the Pike scene at the very end of the episode? It was yeah, or, towards the end of the episode. I'm wondering yeah. if in the last ten minutes, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why they maybe they'll show how it happened because it probably would have been too much to put in, and they wanted to, like the big you know shock factor of seeing the heads on the yeah. pikes at the end. Because so maybe you, they'll show because they wanted the surprise for the pikes. Yeah, and if you show all the kidnapping, it would kind of lessen lessen the impact the of impact it. of that's seeing very, the heads that's, on the that's pikes. That's a very good point. Right, I know the next the finale mm-hmm. will be uh, a few months ahead. It'll be a little bit of a time jump, and so maybe it'll be win- flashbacks. Oh, it flashbacks. Okay. Winter's yeah. coming. Yes, <laughs> it's a snow-filled Walking Dead finale. And oh, uh, it's finally gonna be snow there. Yeah, Blizzard. Virginia. Yeah. They showed okay. a they showed a preview. Yeah, finally. Finally, finally thank you, Angela. After nine seasons, how has there never it's been a always winter summer? Snow? Yeah. yeah. And actually, and I also have another, this is kind of unrelated, but, but I have another point. They were down in Atlanta for a while. Yeah, they were. Well, but it snows there, right? Not yeah. much. No? I mean, well, not it as gets much. Cold, it gets cold. It gets cold, yeah. It's yeah. Always, like, but if you're in like, the Atlanta era, yeah, it doesn't snow as much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, I know uh, with the Game of Thrones references going mm-hmm. on, um, um, I, my point was that you said that it felt like more of a finale, this episode. And, um, yeah. and I think they were taking a cue from Game of Thrones where, you know, their penultimate episodes are always the most action-packed once you know battle of the bastards yeah um, it was the red wedding the penultimate yeah Mm -hmm. and then the the last episode the finale is always about tying things up and preparing for the next season okay yeah so So they're taking a page from game of thrones yes the red wedding wow Mm -hmm. it was sad this girl knows her tv i do (laughs) (laughs) that's why i'm here (laughs) she's perfect especially for walking dead discussion because she's here to talk about walking dead which is amazing so you think it's going to lead up to um negan finally being free and helping to well unfortunately i know um some of the comic book storyline okay yeah oh i do know what happens i think i think you know about this too as well yeah and actually that's another thing is um i think they killed frankie to give Negan kind of uh, some opinion in this oh, whole fight. Yeah. It's one of his ex-wives. You know, he might ex-wives. have a little bit of a personal yeah. problem with Did Alpha Did you read now. this in a forum? No. Or just, that like, was just, just educated? Because, uh, uh, well, I read that a lot of people had not known who Frankie was when they saw her head on the pike. It's just this random redheaded right. woman. They're like, who is that? And mm-hmm. and then when I found out that it was Frankie and it was Negan's yep. ex-wife, I'm like, ooh, that's going to you know come into play later. That's because there is a Negan Alpha dyma- dynamic that we have going on later yeah, in, and in the think series. That's a very good point because um, I think the three wives, I mean, they were we didn't know what happened to them. Um, they brought... Frankie back, but I think the other two they never brought them back. So I don't know what happened to their the face of their character. So yes, mm-hmm. I think that is perfect. There I has think, to be a reason. That and she I was think there. Angela like purposely selected her. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that's a very brilliant uh, 
brilliant Thank guess you. on your yeah. part. Yeah, that's you got to give some motivation mm-hmm. for Negan and, and Lucille. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I cannot <laughs> wait for him to extract revenge um, because he's actually become a likable character this season. It's weird to say, and I mean because he's I, mean, I always liked him. He's a psychopath, but he's charming. <laughs> Um, and, um, and then the relationship that he has with Judith, he's so kind to Judith. Um, and he wants to Carl too. And he wants to Carl. So he has like a soft spot for kids. Yeah. I think. He does. And I think in his former life, he might've worked with kids. I think, I think, I think it's, that's a storyline from the Negan, the Negan, they had a Negan comic book for his backstory. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah. That'd so be cool I, to know. So I think they kind of, um. Taught him Little League. That's why he has a that's, baseball yeah, bat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I think. <laughs> it might have had to do with that as well. Co- yeah. I think he was a coach. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look it up. I'm but, um, yeah, I am so glad that they, they did not go the graphic novel comic book route and taken out Rosita and Ezekiel. That would have been horrible because, obviously, now Rosita's pregnant, so you put her out of the pipe, you're killing two people right yeah. there. Yeah, I also um, believe, and well, another reason I thought Rosita was going to get it was um, there was a pregnant woman in the comics that got piked. And so I thought they were setting oh. Rosita up to be that person. Oh, wow. But Rosita wasn't pregnant in the comic book storyline? As I far as you know? I don't okay. think she so. was pregnant. Okay. Oh, was she? Let me. Maybe she okay. was pregnant. You looked that up, too. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> 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 was a PE teacher. Oh, see? Oh, okay. I knew I remember that. I knew I remember something like that. Okay, He was cool. like a normal, like, okay. everyday Joe. <laughs> so next week, guys, we will be discussing it's pretty funny if he's walking around those little, like, gym shorts. The PE teachers always wore. Right. Exactly. But I'll tell you, man. Um, yeah. Besides the, the horrible deaths, I mean, I thought the uh, the fair fair um, episode was, you know, it's cool that the fact that they can get the communities together, you know. And we saw also a grown up uh, Rachel, who was the leader of the Oceanside, who was a young girl in Oceanside. So now, for all, for whatever reason, she's now the leader of that group, which is pretty interesting. Great job of casting, by the way. It looked like they could have they been sisters. Did, yeah, they, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. And and if you didn't know. Um, the younger Henry and the teenage Henry are actual brothers. They're the Lintz brothers. They're, yeah, and, and then you, Madison Lintz played yeah, Sophia, who's yeah. your twin. Madison. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flattered. <laughs> um, yeah, you do, you do look like Madison Lintz a little thank bit. Thank you. Um, um, I think Caitlin Dever. You think Caitlin Dever? So yeah, I don't know who that is. So I'm definitely gonna I look her both. up. Yeah, so I'll, I'll look <laughs> them up. Allie and Allie looks like Lydia. You look like yeah, Class a little bit. Yeah. Have you looked at her? What yeah. do you think? It's something with the face structure. I don't know. <laughs> the shape. I get, I don't usually get a whole lot of celebrities. Okay. I do every now and then. Okay. Um, who who have you heard in the past? And uh, so this is funny. I haven't gotten it lately, but it's only, the times I've gotten it is only when I've had my hair in a high ponytail. Okay. Um, I've gotten Gail Godot a couple times, but it was <laughs> nice. always wearing a high pony. I can totally see tell. that. Like, can... But never with my hair down. It's always, okay. I have to have the high pony. And people, it's really random. When you saw a gal on set, you kind of like try to, you know, hey, you know, people have said that I look like, <laughs> like you. If I guess the shorter, the much shorter yeah. Asian version, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what a fun set to work on that one. It was so much fun. Are we yeah. allowed to talk about that? <laughs> probably that we had fun. That's probably about it. <laughs> Did you get to work on Wonder Woman? I did not, no, but I heard it was a really long shoot. Yeah, I was in town for about three months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the hot summer weather. Yes, however, our, our stuff was all inside. Inside, yeah, yes. I no outside. Oh, I hated my costume. <laughs> I, like, I hated it so because much. Because it wasn't flattering. No, like I thought like all these the girls are like all so cute in their outfits, and I... 
<laughs> Al saw me. I looked like, I, I was know. like, what the hell? And they put me in man pants. I guess and man pants are not flattering we, because they don't have hips. And so, like, <laughs> agreed. Oh, my God. I, I was awful. <laughs> the unflattering I can, I can outfit ever. I can tell you're uncomfortable. So, I don't even care. Oh, if man, I'm, I'm you're not going to see me. Thankfully. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. But, yes, again, one of the saddest um, deaths on The Walking Dead was Caitlin Akon because she's one of the only few doctors on the show. She was on Below the Belt show. Hello. I mean, that's a big freaking deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to make her career. Not. Um, but, you know, she kind of alluded to that, that she's auditioning for more things and movies and stuff like that when we had her on the show. And I actually missed that she was asked about living in L.A. now, which is a good sign that she was already leaving the show. She said she just moved to Los Angeles and should have picked on up on that um, when, I, uh, when we did get a chance to interview her. But... We will definitely miss Caitlin Akon, Alana Masterson. We will not miss Matt Lintz, although he was nice. He seemed he's probably a really nice guy. Well, honestly, he's I won't like miss Tara. Character. I will not miss Tara. You won't miss I Tara. I was not a fan oh, of Tara. Tara. No, really? They, maybe you know, in the direction they were going this season, she could have been likable. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I actually, um, that was the one that gave me the most joy. I'll say that. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> even, yeah, not even really memory. Like it was Tara. Tara. Yeah. Really? And it's nothing against Alana Masterson. You know, I haven't seen her in anything else, and she's, you know, a, right. probably a wonderful actress, but I just, just Tara, you know, I don't know. It's just, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I, like, to my I like her character. We partied with his brother. Yeah. Uh-huh. We partied with Alana, too. I forgot. Jesus Christ. Which but brother? We, um, Alana's brother, Danny Masterson. Danny. Oh, yeah. yeah. That 70s show. show. Yeah. yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, we also partied with Alana at the Creative Coalition event. As well. Yep, yep. Yeah, really nice girl. She's a sweetheart. Um, but the lowest rated episode ever. See, you you had sent that, and I yeah, I, I kind of I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe considering I don't know. Maybe you know the replays or like you know on demand will spike that number up because people will hear about what happened. But this was the red wedding episode, and. Uh, I mean, well, people are done with the show. It doesn't matter how good it is now. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. ask. Do you think it's too late to really take yeah. to bring the show back? I mean, yeah. Scott Kimball really did it in. You know, I think um, he was yeah. there for way too long. Despite the ratings going lower and lower, it's still one of the top-rated shows in cable television. So that's, I mean, it's a high number that's steadily decreasing, you know, dec- decreased. Yes. However, it's still pretty high. So yeah, but I mean, just like the other week was the lowest episode ever. Now this is the lowest episode ever. I mean, it's on the, wow. it's. I mean, it's, it's falling out. Like, and like you can't bring that back again. You know, I mean, cause people, yeah. people like watched it for the original characters, and now like you know they killed most of the characters off over the years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they regret a lot of that now. You know, um, yeah, killing off Glenn and killing off Carl Oof. and like. You know, and then Rick deciding to leave. Well, yeah, we have what Daryl and Carol from season one. So we have yeah. Michonne, yes, Michonne, season who, three, and, Mich- and Michonne is leaving in season ten. Yeah, so and then Tara, they, she was the fourth um, oldest character, and she's oh, gone. Wow. Yeah. So I think wow. yeah, just Daryl mm-hmm. and Carol are Daryl and Carol are, are the only be... from season one, and then and then you have probably Rosita and Eugene. Yeah, because probably, they came in. Was that season yeah, five? Season four or yeah. five. I think right. it was five. It was after. 
Beth died? Or, yeah, yeah. that's when they went to D.C. That's when they decided to go to D.C. Yeah. That right. happened in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. And Very so, good memory. Yeah. And so it was, um, so it's basically Daryl and Carol from season one. Mm-hmm. And then we just skip all the way to season five for the next yeah. oldest characters. So it is. Yeah. And Morgan left to go to the Fear yeah. of the Walking Dead. And so they so really yeah. can't do anything to Daryl or Carol. Because I, I think. I think they're locked in um, contracts for three years. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. Anywhere. Good. No, they're not. Because <laughs> they're some favorite. They're fan favorites. Yeah. Definitely. I think they're both good until season 12. And if they wanted to end at season 12, they can. Because I think, I mean, that... that That's you know, a good run. So after season 10, that's going to be the whole Whisper War, obviously, that storyline from the graphic novel. And then you're going to get into the Commonwealth, um, which is that community, which hasn't been proven or not, which is Georgie, if you remember her and the, the twins that came in. And that's where Maggie is in the TV show. Oh, okay. I had no now, idea. Now, they didn't confirm or deny whether she's a part of the Commonwealth or not. My guess is that she was. And that they're going to go back to that because, as you know, Lauren Cohen will be returning in some capacity, whether it's a guest star, a few episodes, or even like you know one of the movies that Rick Grimes does. We'll just have to wait and find out. There's so. actually a theory going on right now that this finale will have Rick Grimes' voice. You heard about this, yes, on I, the radio. I, yes, oh. yeah, I heard about this mm-hmm. too. Because he was apparently, yeah, and I don't a, know if this is founded, but um, he was credited for a certain amount of episodes this season, and we haven't hit that number yet. That's six oh, episodes. Six, yeah. and he's only been in five. Yeah, so, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, as you know, if you watch this episode, um, Eugene was ki- kind of playing around with a radio system, like a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Fingers crossed. Interesting. It will be interesting. So I wonder to hear. if Michonne's leaving next season. Do you think she'll reunite with Rick? I think in what Have my guess. Happily ever after. Yes, I think what my guess is that Michonne and RJ and probably Judith. I mean, it makes sense. I, I can't see Michonne leaving Judith behind. We'll go and try to find. That would be an interesting. Rick. And then we'll see. And she could her be in the, the movies. movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I could see that happening. And that would be they cool. they said there's about three you know three TV movies that, that Rick's gonna do. So is season twelve gonna be the last, or are they gonna season go twelve past? is the season like the final season that Carol and Daryl signed up to for. I feel so if like they, yeah. is it gonna? Um, and then I wonder because I know Robert Kirkman has said he knows how the comics are gonna end. If he they're does. going to. So if they want to do that, they can work actually together and have. The yeah. TV show have the How same would you like the, the, uh, the story to end? Would you like I to wanted see the apocalypse to end? Would you like to see the virus <laughs> to go away? What is ever causing, you know, and back to some kind of sense of humanity? Originally, I, I wanted would. it yeah. to be. Well, now they can't do the ending. Or a cure. Wanted was um, Carl older and kind of Rick dying at old age and telling the story. I know it's sappy. But <laughs> 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 um, That's a good one. But I, I thought that would have been cool, but. Maybe with Judith, like Judith older and um, Rick dying of old, an old yeah, age. Yeah, so they're going to probably, I mean, if they go a long run, they'll keep the actress who's playing Judith because she's great. Or if they jump in time, obviously they'll have to hire. I'd love to see an adult else. kick-ass Judith. Yeah. You know, like little ass kicker well, all yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would be so cool. But uh, let's not forget, she's doing a great job. She's though. amazing. Judith, yeah, uh, I mean, um, all the Judith actresses. Caitlin, and let's not forget, she is young Ray in Star Wars. That's right. Yes. Which is pretty awesome. But the creators yeah. said the show can go on for 20 years. They said like recently, yeah, which that's that's very uh, ambitious. So it that's is. going in Law and Order SVU territory, <laughs> yeah, and even Supernatural territory. Supernatural, yeah. I think, is it's ending. Yeah. yeah, is it 15, 15 seasons? Right, yeah. I they have like 10 viewers watching it each week. <laughs> at that point, it's amazing. Well, they have their loyal fan base, but it certainly doesn't have the numbers that I would imagine for them to keep that show around. But. Uh, um, yes, um, that show is ending after 15 seasons, Supernatural. But let's talk about Game of Thrones, guys. Yes. Oh, heck yeah. Our favorite show. Um, that's right. They just released a promotional poster 
which is kind of a hybrid of the Iron Throne and one of the dragons. So you have the dragon eyes on top, and you have the top of the throne, which is kind of cool. Um, Where's the dragon eyes? The dragon eyes are right there. Oh, it's I definitely Drogon. Yeah. Definitely. Well, it's definitely not the ice dragon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, yes, expect, as we mentioned last week, um, four very long motion picture type episodes of The Walking Dead from episodes three, four, five, and six. Um, and you'll, the first two episodes will only be an hour long. So you're going to get, um, you know, even though it's only six episodes, we're getting a lot of Game of Thrones. Um, and um, Maisie Williams had an interview with Entertainment Weekly, and she, she kind of said something that's interesting. She said there's a lot of death this year. Um, no. Yes, there's a lot <laughs> no of, way. of death. Wow. A lot of death. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> most people will be dead. Yeah. And another cool thing is after the six episodes are ha- have aired on HBO, we're going to get a two-hour documentary uh, one week after the series finale in May, um, which is great because it's all about um, a filmmaker named Jeannie Finley who was on set, embedded on set for a, for a year, chronicling the creation of the show's most ambitious and complicated season. Okay, so she, I guess it's only going to be for the final year, that that uh, documentary. And they're calling it The Last Watch. Um, we'll premiere May 26 mm. on HBO. So, hey, we can, we have seven episodes now, if you think about it, if you want to include the documentary. Yeah. Kind of wrap it up. And I'm happy it's on HBO, not not Netflix, because we can watch it like one per week. We can, and We like, can recover. We can pay yeah. And that's the Let thing. Let it soak in for a week, you know? Soak in, number one. And spoilers, because a lot yes. of people are not good with the binging. They want to be able to take time, let everybody watch at the same damn time, because if right. someone watches ahead of time, yes, I am glad it's not on Netflix, actually. I am glad it's on HBO. I think it's just stick to HBO, because, yes, absolutely. Um, this is really interesting, and a sad note um, is that Amelia Clark um, talked about her health journey on uh, a recent article, and back in 2011... Um, she um, started to feel fatigued and where she could barely put on her sneakers. And then um, apparently she had some pain, so she had to take a break. And then she got a diagnosis that she had a subarachnoid hemorrhage, which is a life-threatening type of stroke Damn. caused uh, by bleeding into the space surrounding the brain and uh, basically aneurysm, an arterial rupture. And apparently she had life-saving surgery. So, so she kept this really quiet. She had it is, twice. So uh, and it yeah, happened yeah, twice, twice, yeah. After season one and then after season three, I think. How no one knew about it, how she kept that's, it a secret is and, and, and still, you know, and that's when I read that, I was just amazed because she's one of the happiest... I friendliest looking, genuine yeah. people that you know you could see. She's still yeah. on my list to meet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's know. so adorable. Like, yeah, I, and like, she, she, yeah. but she kept that whole thing up through everything. And know. you know, and she was so, you know, I just, she's an amazing person. I think, and now that she started that whole charity to help, um, you know, p- p- people who are recovering from yes. brain surgeries. And of course, this is something uh, that's kind of near and dear to my heart, and something I went through. Uh, with my aunt who had passed away from an aneurysm and a stroke um, several years back. So I kind of know about it and it's, you know, it's a very life-changing thing. But luckily, it seems like it was caught on, you know, fairly early. And, um, you know, she got the immediate medical attention she, she needed. 
Um, what I read, I think they were they thought she was gonna die. I think she, um, yeah, she said she thought th- she was gonna die. Yeah, yeah. They said there How was like a very. How hard would that be if that happened, guys? I mean, jeez. And can you guys imagine Daenerys recasted? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't think anyone else could. I mean, I know she gets sometimes was, she gets flack for her acting, but I, I, you know, I don't see it. I love her as that character. I don't really yeah, see anyone and that else. That would be really tr- yeah, and that's the thing. You know, I still think she. Is a is a fine actress. I I think she you know she she plays the character well. The fact that you know she went through uh, an Ill, like a you know a stroke or an aneurysm that affects the co- cognitive areas of her brain. I mean that's I mean, she couldn't even remember her name at one point. Yep. Yeah. And you know where she was from and everything. Right. And to, to go from that to in season two, you know, and working every yeah. day in those conditions and yeah, just amazing. Yeah. So. So she had the aphasia at first, and then she went back to work, and then she was told she had a smaller aneurysm. I'm gonna sign her brain that could that could pop at any time, and um, yeah. So apparently she had that second. Um, I, she she actually talked very. She talked about the surgery where she was woke up screaming in pain. Damn. That's so, so sad. Um, what year was this? Um, I think the well the first time it happened was 2011. I think she said the second surgery was worse. The recovery was worse than the first. What's amazing is that. She must have had him on the off season because the 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 seasons have come come out you know on time fairly regularly yeah. for yeah. for the past you know seven seasons. Obviously, we had that one year gap for this final season, but it's amazing that I mean timing. That for, that's through. I guess why she was able to keep it a secret, you know. Yeah, and her work um, her work's pretty grueling too on that show. With yeah, that. absolutely, Jesus, like, dude. Sitting in a chair the whole time. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that and you know um, banging Jon Snow and. Getting in and out of the hot tub with your brother. and uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> Some other things. Having sex with Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's not a struggle. <laughs> the real Cal Drogo. Sorry, Lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The crazy thing I read is, like, she was, you know, giving interviews and, like, yeah. putting on the smile and, like, in between, like, taking morphine because she was in, like, insane pain and that she was, right. like, that's incredible that she was, you know, like, still interviewing and yeah. still doing it and like so Allie you have about two weeks to binge watch I know how seven many episodes seasons. is that oh, <laughs> never started yet? I know I oh. know <laughs> I think it's 67 me. episodes oh that you have goodness. to get through yeah, yeah. so about 67 that, hours we'll get on that is that doable in two weeks that, that's well, really good yeah because the last one was seven episodes very good and, and, and start it binge yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's trust me it's worth your while You'll you'll thank me later. We got the general to watch, and the general um, thanks me every day because he was he started late too. Every day, wow. <laughs> well, he called you up. Yeah. Now I was going to hey, say Al. thank you again. This is the eighty fifth time I told you, but thank but you. But yes, but no, he was happy that I we yeah. pushed him along. And Sabrina, Sabrina, Sabrina kind of started yeah. late as well. So the people that started late it takes I, a while to get into it though. I mean, like give it like a season and a half. I mean, I stopped for a while, too, after watching mm-hmm. it at first. But then it's like a lot to take in. There's so many different families and characters mm-hmm. and different um, yeah. cities. It's hard to keep track yeah. of everything. So You said, like, halfway through season two, it started, kind, of, kind yeah. of picks up. Obviously, season one with the big Ned Stark decapitation, that's a big shocker. And then, then you start on season two, and it starts a little slow. But, yes, that's a very good, uh, very good description. I definitely agree with that. So as you know, we're getting the Game of Thrones prequel. Um, so the pilot has been um, beep, beefing up the cast. We have um, so just like Game of Thrones, they're adding a lot of unknown name, like unknown actors, because you know these actors are going to eventually become megastars. Like 
Lena Headey was like one of the few known actors. Uh, P- Peter Dinklage, when they they you know, the first season came out, you know. Um, but here, um, it seems like they're following the same thing. Like Marquise Rodriguez, John Sim, Richard McCabe, John Hefferman, uh, Dixie Agarix. See, I I don't know any of these names. However, I do know Naomi Watts. <laughs> we do know who she is. Um, she's joining Naomi Aki, John Whitehouse, Denise Goh, Jamie Camel Bauer, Sheila Tim, Ivana Jeremiah, Georgie Henley, Alex Sharp, Toby Regbo, and Miranda Richardson. I do know who Miranda Richardson is. Damn, I mean, so, you can be making those names up for all I, I could know, but like, except for Naomi Jamie Watts. Jamie Campbell yeah. Bowers? Jamie Campbell Bauer? Because I read he was cast as he was replaced or recast. Um, he was in the pilot of Game of Thrones, um, but was recast. Oh, and now they're so going for so, the prequel. Yeah, that's, so that's interesting. I didn't know that. If that's if that's a little trivia, that would be really yeah, interesting. I was yeah. reading about and they recast because I was reading about Amelia Clark. Um, yeah. And she wasn't in the pilot, and so she was recast, um, ah. or her character. Um, but yeah, I was reading about like her um, audition process because they were like, "Hey, we're recasting this role." Um, and so she went to audition for it. Oh, okay. Um, That's pretty miserable. Like, imagine being in that. The pilot, I know the Game pilot, and then and, like, seeing how popular. Yes. So that's Game of Thrones talk, right? Right. Perfect timing for our first special guest. All right, guys, we are happy to introduce our first special guest of the evening, an amazing actor who is going to be a part of an amazing Disney movie that comes out, a reimagining of the classic Disney animated film, Dumbo. It's going to be directed by Tim Burton, so everyone's really excited about this, guys. Let's welcome him to Below the Belt Show. Joseph Gatt is on the line. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for calling in to Below the Belt Show, Joseph. Um, Wow, so much anticipation for... Again, this reimagining of the Dumbo film. Are you excited for uh, the big release this weekend? Oh, I'm extremely excited because, you know, it's, it's one thing knowing what I feel about the movie and what everyone involved with the movie feels about the movie. Right. But the real excitement is to find out how the public, you know, how, how the fans are going to react to the movie because that's, that's what it's all about in the end. It's, it's about, you know, how... how people are going to be affected by the movie and hopefully they'll be affected in the same way we are great and if you could since you have seen it from beginning to end your thoughts on the film as a whole uh, as a whole i think it's an incredibly beautiful movie um i don't really know any other way to describe it except that it's, it's literally one of the most beautiful movies i've ever watched wow in oh, the cool. sense that um the, the production design the the, the wardrobe, the colors, the way it's directed, the the heart and soul of the movie, everything about the movie is just so uh, mesmerizing, so beautiful. That, I mean, there are so many things to love about the movie. It's I don't really know any other way to describe it, and you leave with such a, a great feeling. Like, it really is. It's kind of not trendy at the moment to have a, a movie with a happy ending. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it seems to be really trendy right now when movies leave you leaving the theater or, or whatever, feeling really bad and, and about yourself or sad or something, <laughs> you know? But this is 
one of those movies where it's the opposite. It makes wow. you think. It makes you feel. And you leave really with your heart really full. And that's something that's, that's really needed right now. And, you know, kind of going off of that, um, as a big fan of Tim Burton, I've found that that's a very common theme in his movies is that they're these dark, moody kind of films, but then they have these happy endings. And so um, just, you know, how do you how did you feel about working with Tim Burton? He's just so amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Working with Tim was a dream come true. I, I mean, I've always, you know, Tim Burton's one of those directors where he has such a particular style that his movies are, you know, they're, they're the kind of things you either connect with them or you don't. But the one thing that's undeniable about all of his movies is there is this tremendous heart and love that goes through everything that he does, every single scene. And he knows how to take these characters that generally are unique or out of place in the world that they've been put in and, and turn them into the heroes of the story. And, and that's why he's just so perfect for Dumbo. He has turned this poor creature that could relate to anybody that we know, you, me, anybody, who has some kind of uniqueness, a difference, something that you were possibly berated for or bullied for as a child or, or possibly still are. And, and you take that and you make it an empowering feature of yourself. Actually, Tim... turns everything upside down. And it, it's a very important story to me personally and to, you know, I work with a lot of bullied kids. I work with, work with kids who have alopecia like I do. And that idea of empowering somebody to feel good about something that is generally something that ostracizes you from society is so, so important. And nobody does that better than Tim. That's true. That's a lot of parallels with that and um, Edward Scissorhands. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You know, when you first see Edward, you're like, you don't know what to make of this strange boy, this creature, you know, and and then you find out he's just a boy like everyone else that just wants to be loved and understood. And and then eventually people love him for who he is and for the special things that he brings to the world. And that's exactly what's going on with Bumbo. Tim had a, a really interesting quote. He said, at Disney... They like me, but I get paid to be the slightly accepted weirdo, which I thought was pretty, <laughs> was pretty, was pretty much uh, goes along with what you're saying. Um, if you could tell us a little bit about your character. I know you're working closely with Michael Keaton um, as one of the big bads in the film. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really the main physical um, um, antagonist in the movie, I guess. You know, as I've uh, quoted a couple of times before, if you're a fan of Star Wars, we are huge then Star Wars fans, by the way. Well, then you will understand the analogy where I say that Michael Keaton is kind of like the, the all-powerful, like the emperor kind of character, assiduous <laughs> kind of character, and I am Darth Vader. I'm the person that does his bidding, that does all the actual physical dirty work. I love it. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, and uh, it's, it's definitely, to me, it's, it's such a fun role. I... I have a huge amount of fun playing Skellig, even though he's a pretty horrid character and, and very far from who I am as a person, but, but tremendous fun. Like, it was real playtime every day on set with that. Wow. And you're the head of security and a hunter, and you don't like animals. That's your character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? 
I don't think it's a case that he doesn't like animals per se. He just doesn't care about them. And they're just another tool in his trade. And his trade is to provide animals for dreamland, which is, you know, Van der Veer, Michael Keaton characters, um, kind of Disneyland kind of uh, uh, theme park. And my job is to keep those animals in check, make sure the people looking after the animals are kept in check. And if things don't go too well, then uh, I have to dispose of them. Uh-huh. And, and uh, yes. And well, I kind of see that. Um, looking at your biography here, that um, that's kind of the opposite of you in real life. I see that you're a big supporter of the Monterey Zoo and the Wolf Mountain Sanctuary, and and I see that you also have um, a ball python. And so you must be a really big animal lover. <laughs> I'm a huge animal lover. That that's the irony of the of the role. As soon as I read the script, my girlfriend and I we we laughed about <laughs> it because you know we both. Enjoy animals. We love animals. We're into animal preservation and, and protection. And we've often spent a lot of time with elephants. Um, up at the, with our friends at Monterey Zoo, they have five elephants up there. And beautiful, beautiful creatures. And we go up there and we walk with the elephants and hang out with them. So it was kind of hilarious that this guy is, is you know, I'm playing basically the Disney villain, the Cruella de Vil. Of, of the piece, and uh, <laughs> I hate a- elephants and, 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 and all animals, or, or have a complete apathy towards them, just where I don't care. So, yeah. Wow. So, how, how did you like working closely with Michael Keaton? Oh, he was great to work with. He was great, as were all the actors. You know, it's, it's, again, when I say it's like a dream job, you've got Tim at the helm, you know, the maestro himself. Mm-hmm. And that alone would have been fantastic. And then you throw Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, yep. Colin Farrell, Colin, yes. who I knew, who I'd worked with before on, on True Detective, and Eva Green, who's one of the most beautiful people you could ever want to be. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, she's just so unbelievably beautiful. You know, in person, you know, as, as, a, as a persona, she just uh, has, radiates this energy of just... I don't know. It's it's difficult to. What well, you just want to be around her all the time. She's so lovely, um, and everyone else's as well. And Michael was just fun. He enjoys playing, you know, and uh, as well as Danny. And we had so much fun on set trying different things and different dynamics between the characters and stuff. And and it was always fun. Yeah, I mean, this is actually a, a, a reunion of um for like Batman Returns. You got. Tim Burton, Michael Keenan, you got Danny DeVito. Um, oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was great. I mean, like it, it was very difficult on set to not be, you know, when I was hanging out with Michael and just to go up to him and go, Michael, please say it just once, just once. Oh, please, I know. Please you're... say it. I'm Batman. Yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> How rad is now, that? Now is um, how's Danny DeVito in person? Is he, is he as funny just like off camera oh, as he is on camera?
um, it was just uh, a kind of dream job for an actor, to be quite honest. Yeah, um, Danny's definitely Wonderful. my favorite character, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, you know what? I don't actually watch that show, strangely enough. Oh, you got to. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's amazing. It. <laughs> 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 now, now you're you're you know a great actor yourself, but I mean. Working with all these people who have been in the business for um, you know decades and decades, um, do they um, give you any kind of pointers um, on the set, like, or anything, any way to like, you know, improve your character while you're doing it? You know, no. It was it was it was a learning experience being on set around those people, watching the dynamic and watching them work. But one of the things that I found um, incredibly inspiring is that. We're all doing the same thing. You know, it's not that they're not necessarily doing anything different to anyone else. Um, everyone has their own little techniques. Everyone has their own little things that they do on set. Um, you, you know, some people do different things depending on the kind of character they're working on. Like, you know, I, I talked with Michael a lot about this because I had just finished watching him in. Um, oh my God! It it has the name of the movie has. Uh, from the guy who, uh, um, the founder. Um, I had just finished watching that right before flying out to London, and it was such an incredible movie. And I, I chatted with Michael about this, about the character, and that mm. we had a really in-depth conversation about how he went about finding the character and working on the character and researching the character. And it, it actually it made me feel really good. So I'm thinking, oh, that's great because I do the same thing. So I'm doing the same thing as this incredibly great actor. So <laughs> it's okay. We're all good. It's fine. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it just makes you feel very comfortable when you know that we're all in the same boat, we're all doing the same thing, and we're all aiming for the same thing, you know, which is great. And you know, what's incredible is, like, Tim Burton is only 60 years old. Like, you think that he should be, like, 105, all the great movies he's done over the years. I mean, he's, he did, like, Pee-wee's Great Adventure, I mean, in, back in 85. He's only 60 years old. I know, right? It's difficult to imagine all the incredible movies he's done back through the years. Yeah. And then you work with him, and he still has the energy of a child. You know, he, he, <laughs> I don't know how he does it. I love it. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll be shooting scenes, and then in between shooting scenes, he'll rush out the back door of the stage, jump in his little go-kart, rush across the other side of Pinewood Studios to the editing suite, quickly look through the rushes, do a bit of editing, and then speed back across the, the uh, studios, back to the set. We'll shoot some more stuff. He'll head <laughs> off again. You know, uh, I mean, several, several, several of us nearly got run over by him speeding across Pinewood Studios. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Pinewood Studios, man. Hilarious. At one point, he, he, he literally nearly took me off my feet as he was coming out the back of the uh, editing um, offices. And he just smiled away and went, hey, Joe. <laughs> and he <was> coming, so <laughs> he was, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I was like, you nearly ran me over. No, it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, Dumbo, the actual CG Dumbo looks amazing. So realistic. Does, yes. How is it working? Obviously, you worked with an actor in a green suit, I imagine, or some kind of motion capture. Um, how How is it interacting with, uh, I guess, the motion capture actor that's playing Dumbo? Well, we had um, several different ways of, of working with the elephant on set, with Dumbo on set. Um, at first, we had actually built a couple of full-size models, maquettes, of Dumbo at, I think, two or three different ages. Um, okay. <coughs> excuse me, throughout the movie. 
and we would use those for rehearsals. We would use those for camera and lights to be able to set up properly. And then um, we would we had this guy, um, an actor called Ed Osmond, who actually wore a green suit, uh, and he kind of looked a little bit like a cricket um, inside <laughs> this suit. Um, well, actually, more like a playing mantis, I guess, because he had these big eyes <laughs> that were set in the place where an elephant's eyes would be, and he had little stilts on his hands, so he would be walking on all fours, and he would move around, and they put big floppy ears on him and stuff, and he would actually move around and act like Dumbo. Wow. Um, there for us in the scene on set. So it, it was really great, because it gave us something immediate and direct to actually interact with. Um, which made life so much easier because he was great. Like, he really did a great job with this. There was one scene I remember, uh, the, the scene where Dumbo uh, escapes from uh, the big top and goes to find his mom on Nightmare Island. And uh, he lands and walks through the crowds and comes up to the cage and, and finds Mrs. Jumbo. And we were, when we were shooting that scene, we were rehearsing. And there was Ed in his green bug suit <laughs> and he's walking along and then we had a big green Mrs. Jumbo as well behind the bars in the cage and I was watching this happening and I started crying because oh, wow. it was it, it, it was all so kind of real and obviously I was layering in in my head I was layering in everything else that was going on and I was getting emotional just watching the rehearsal and I'm like yo get yourself together, you now have to go and be an actor. <laughs> you know? But it was, it was really great, especially for the, for the kids, for, for, for Nico and, uh, and for Finn. Having Ed there to actually interact with just made life so much easier and, and I think helped with the whole process because, you know, we're all actors. We're all used to working with a, a tennis ball and a green screen and all that kind of thing. Yeah, you've actually but done. having something there is, is always going to be better. I'm reading your. You've also done some motion capture work yourself in video games, God of War. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been in motion capture since like 2000, since back in the UK. Oh, and wow. uh, when I first moved to the States, my first job, one of my first acting jobs, was booking um, motion capture for Kratos um, on the God of War series of games. And I've been doing Kratos for the last 15 years. Wow. So. Uh, that's been a blessing. What a great job that's been, you know. So I've done a lot of motion capture. It's a lot of fun to do. Wow, that's awesome! Because you you actually worked with a motion capture actor uh, for Dumbo, and you actually used to do it yourself in all these uh, great <coughs> video games yourself. Yeah. So you, both sides of the coin. So yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was it's incredibly fun. It's, it's great work. That's awesome. Um, so I saw that you're a Star Wars fan. Um, so do you think we'll see you in any? Um, upcoming Star Wars movies in the future? Oh, wow. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it's the one thing missing off my list. Well, you know, I did a, I, I, I've done a major voice, uh, you know, a lead voice role on Star Wars The Old Republic, the video game. Nice, yes. So that was kind of a step into the, into the universe. But, yeah, I mean, who knows what's happening with the Star Wars movies, but Obviously, that for me, you know, I've done Star Trek now. Yes, you let's, have. Let's, yeah. Now I just need to do Star Wars, and you know, I've done a Marvel movie, I've done Star Trek. I just need to do a Star Wars movie, and I've 
done the trifecta. You've done the trifecta and, uh, of Disney. <laughs> that's awesome. Exactly. I've done, I've done it all. Dude, so, that's awesome. What will happen. I, would, I would obviously love to do a Star Wars movie, but we'll have to wait and see what happens because there's, there's so much politics involved in casting these days, especially with regards to the fact that they're all shot in the UK. Yeah. Um, so a lot of local hire stuff happens regarding that kind of situation. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. And that benefits you, know, you right? Come from Disney, so. That benefits that, you, right, when the production's in the UK? You'd be surprised. Not really, because now I live in the US. I'm considered a US, well, and, and I'm a US citizen. Even though I still have my British passport and British citizenship, I'm considered, you know, US-based. Ah, okay. So, uh, uh, so it, it creates issues that they don't have just booking someone directly from the UK. Um, or, or there's all these strange contractual situations that kind of get in the way and mess things up. Kind of thing. But, you know, we, we shall see. The door is always open in that direction. I would never say no to working in Star, or Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe Solo too. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of UK productions, I mean, we all know the final season of Game of Thrones is coming up. Oh, and, and, nice. You know, you nice. were on Game of Thrones, and so I was just, I wanted to ask you. Oh, um, that little show. Yeah, yeah, that little <laughs> thing. You've probably heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm surprised you brought that up because not many people watch that show. It's not, not very no, popular. Yeah, it's kind not of obscure. Popular. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, so I, yeah. I, yeah. So I, I figured you're, you probably filmed your scenes in um, Iceland, right? And so I just was wondering how that was as an experience. It, it was an incredible experience. You know, uh, from the first moment I, w- I met Dan and Dave and, and Kit and Rose and Christoph and stuff, and then, and then you know, got on the flight to Iceland. We were in Iceland for about five weeks. About five weeks we were in Iceland. Then I flew back to L.A., uh, flew back to the U.S., you know, shot some more stuff on, I think, Banshee, and then I did another show as well while I was here. And then they flew me back out to Northern Ireland. Um where we shot some more stuff. All of the stuff at the end of season four, the battle for Castle Black was all shot in Northern Ireland. Um, oh, so wow. we were based there for another five or six weeks, if I remember rightly, shooting that stuff. But it was a, my God, what a tremendous experience that was. Yeah. I, I mean, so it, one of the most visceral um, experiences an actor can have is working on Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I actually, um, I just met Kit myself actually in London. He's such a sweetheart, and so I mean, I was oh, just... lovely, lovely, <laughs> lovely guy. Yeah. Wait, so your character was Than Warg? Was that one of the wildlings? It was the can- yeah, one of the one of the uh, cannibal. Yeah, the Thens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of the cannibals, one of the Thens. I mm-hmm. I had the owl on my shoulder, um, and uh, it, it was kind of strange. The role was supposed to be a lot bigger, but then. A lot of rewrites happened while we were there, and there were some economic issues as to, you know, how much it cost to have the owl on my shoulder in every shot and that kind of thing, because the owl was completely CGI. Um, and then, you know, things changed around, but, you know, it was still, you know, a, a huge amount of fun, you know, playing that role and stuff, especially during the fight stuff at the end, you know, for the Battle of Castlebot. Yes. That is amazing. And I love how a lot of. This, the um, your acting credits are from the genres that we love, like whether it's superhero, like Thor, or fantasy, like Game of Thrones, and the Disney universe. And um, I guess, are you in as a fan? I guess, are you into that genre of work? Do you is that would you consider? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 
yeah. I mean, this is all the I love sci-fi, horror, superhero stuff, and I guess it's a blessing, or a mixed blessing, I guess, because of the alopecia, the fact that I have no no hair and I look the way that I do. Right. It kind of lends me more towards that kind, those kinds of genres, rather than playing. You know, I don't think you're going to find me in a romantic comedy anytime soon. Um, <laughs> you know, or, or, or playing, you know, the, the, the love interest in a Hallmark movie or something like that. <laughs> but, but ultimately, it's a good thing because I'm, I'm getting to have fun doing all the stuff that I used to watch and love when I was a kid. Um, and I love doing these things. And I've got to work with so many amazing people on, some, on these incredible shows that you've mentioned, you know, these superhero shows. And, I mean, look, I, I, I worked on the bridge of the Enterprise for eight weeks. Every day I had to go to work on the bridge of the Enterprise. That's, That's pretty cool. What a drag. It's, it, it's, it, I yeah. mean, it's terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> God, what am I doing this morning? Oh, Joe, you've got to go to work on the bridge of the Enterprise. Oh, really? Oh, damn. Okay, <laughs> if you insist. All right. So I've, I've had to do all these wonderful things. You know, the only thing I'm really missing is, again, you know, the other genre that I absolutely love that I haven't done yet. Ah, I want okay. to do a Western so badly. I could see yeah. you on actually Westworld. I, I don't think they've ever brought me into that because it's kind of too obvious because of the obvious connection with the original movie with Yul Brenner and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's weird. I would love to be on that show. It's a fantastic show. Yeah, it is. I just think the connection is, is too direct unless that's something they specifically want to do on the show. Because I've been compared to him several times, you know, that I look like him and stuff. But then, you know, and he's one of my heroes. There's mm. nothing I would love more than to bring his character back to life mm. in in the new season of Westworld. But you know, we shall see. There's a lot of uh, great westerns being made right now, so you know, we'll see. Yeah. Can we touch a little bit? I'd love to. Yeah, I'd like to touch a little bit more on you brought up the alopecia. Um, so did you find that you were getting selected for specific roles due to the, I guess, the lack of hair from, from the, uh, alopecia that you had? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, you know, for everything that can be said about the industry, it's very much, you know, people are booked according to how they look. You know, it just, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, if, if you're very pretty and beautiful, you get to play the, the pretty leads and that kind of thing. If, if, if you look like me, you get to play the weird, quirky people, or the bad guys, and that kind of thing. Yeah. It just is what it is, you know. It's it's uh, it's one of those things you kind of accept when you get into the industry, right? Um, so yeah, absolutely. The way I look has influenced very strongly the work that I've been doing. But on the other hand, it's been a great thing because there's very little competition for people like me. Who, who have this, a similar look to me. So when I'm right for a role, I'm very right for a role. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that at some point I'll get to a stage in my career where people allow me to, you know, delve into some of those other genres and other types of roles that wouldn't immediately be obvious to someone of my look or my type. Right. You know, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But at the moment, I'm having a lot of fun, fun playing bad guys and creatures and and, and that kind of thing. I have a a huge amount of fun. Way more fun than my friends playing the 
boring good guys. <laughs> <laughs> but your look, actually, I'm reading here, you sustained a, a successful career in modeling in Europe, uh, working for George Armani, Vogue UK, British Telecom, and Gucci, among other big brands. So, so your look was is definitely, you know, accepted in the modeling world as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even back then, it was still a little bit, it, it, it's more accepted now in the modeling world. Back then, there was still a very um, uh, 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 stereotyped look of what a male model should look like, and a female model, but male model specifically. But um, I booked a lot of work with certain designers who were looking for that slightly different person, a slightly quirky look, someone that's not sitting in the same pigeonhole as all of the other models. And because of my physique as well, I basically did all of the, you know, uh, sportswear, underwear modeling. I, I've walked up and down so many runways in underwear. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> um, But when that underwear has Giorgio Armani or Calvin Klein on it, it's okay. You know, it's like, it's fine. <laughs> right on. Joseph, wow, yeah. this has been an amazing interview. Any last questions for Joseph um, before we wrap it up? Yeah, actually, one last quick one. Um, do you have any mm. advice for young aspiring actors? You know, as one myself, it's I always try to ask this question. Let's <laughs> go. Um, it's it's always a great question, and the only real advice and, and the difficulty with becoming an actor is there isn't a straight shot. There isn't like a written down direct route that you can take as a human being to becoming an actor. There isn't like a magic pill. There isn't a yellow brick road. There's, you know, unlike other professions, you just have to do everything you can. And, you know, if it's in your heart and it's something that you love to do, I would say don't let anybody tell you you cannot do it. It doesn't matter who you are or what you look like. I spent most of my youth, even during drama school and my young career as an actor, being told, Joe, you should give up. You're not wow. right for this career. You don't have the right look, you know, or whatever. You, you should give up. Go do something else, you know. Um, and, and here I am now. I'm wow. interviewed all over the place. I've, <laughs> I've just finished working with Tim Burton and, and, and Michael Keaton. I'm in posters all over the place. You yeah. know, it's, nobody 20 years ago could foresee this happening. But I knew what I loved to do and knew what I wanted to do. And I just carried on going like a stubborn mule. And I kept <laughs> banging my head against brick walls and I kept knocking down doors and I kept stepping forward in my career. And that's what I'll tell people. It's like if it's something you're really passionate about, don't let anybody tell you you cannot do it. You go and do it. Awesome. Thank you so that much. That was great That's advice. Great. Yeah. Joseph cool. Gatt, ladies and gentlemen, here on Below the Belt Show. Joseph, if you could, before we let you go, let us know who you are from Dumbo. You can throw out your character name and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show and throw out whatever you want at the end. Hi, I am Joseph Gatt, and I play Neil Skellig in the new Disney Dumbo movie. And um, we're here on Below the Belt, and I'm extremely happy to be here and um, I look forward to everyone seeing Dumbo and telling me what you think and not hating me. Don't be a fan from Disneyland. <laughs> that was awesome. 
Joseph, have a good night, and thank you so much for calling in. It was an awesome interview. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, you are truly an inspiration. We're going to see it this weekend. Thank you. Thank you right. so much. It was great speaking to you guys. All right. Bye-bye. See you. Have a good night. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was That's awesome. Super inspirational. So awesome. Great advice. I know. I'm glad you threw out that question, Amanda. Thank yes. you. Yes. So it's always good to get advice for people that have already been established in the industry. I got to ask John Krasinski one question once at a, um, a Q&A he was doing, and that's the one I threw out. Very <laughs> good. That's always a great question for sure. So, yes, let's couple, uh, throw out a couple more TV headlines, and then we'll take a classic cut break. Um, we talked about Walking Dead and Game of Thrones so far, and if you notice, both of those topics took quite a while to get through, <laughs> that's for sure, because I guess... Yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, two of our favorite fandoms it's right the there. The Walking Dead, um, Game of Thrones show. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. Um, well, for you Marvel fans, as you know, they're dropping all the Marvel shows off of Netflix. But uh, hopefully, we'll see some of them get picked up on Hulu. Um, one of them uh, includes Marvel's Runaways, which is gonna have a third season. Um, and a lot of people, you know, it, it's actually produced by. Uh, um, the one of the producers of the OC. Um, remember the OC? Oh, I used to love yes, that show. <laughs> yes. No, I think if you'll see it anyway, Josh you'll Schwartz. see it at Disney Plus. Their new. Um, uh, the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do like Runaways, you can see Runaways on Hulu. Cool. Um, and uh, it will be returning for the third season. We already mentioned Supernatural will be ending after the fifteenth season, um, which my gosh, actually ran three hundred and twenty-seven episodes. Um, I never saw one episode. I, I never yeah. have. Me neither. And How much show? Fifteen years. Wow. Lasted that long is crazy. Um, but yeah, it was a long-running show on the CW network. Um, a show that's near and dear to my heart because I worked a lot on it is Veep. Veep is uh, going to have its final uh, season seven, which uh, premieres this Sunday. Um, the whole cast had the um, had a nice uh, New York uh, premiere of. Uh, the premiere episode, um, and um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus actually arrived with her husband, Brad Hall, and their two children, Henry and Charlie, um, and yes, I am definitely going to miss Veep. Um, I, when it shot here in Maryland, it was I was blessed to, to have been one of uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's office staff, so I worked quite a few episodes, and uh, just some of the memories and the fond memories I've had on set and the rap parties and just getting to know the cast, and having the cast actually know me by name, which is which is awesome. Going to Sundance and Anna, I was like, Al, Al, what are you doing here? You know, being surprised to see me interviewing on the red carpet. That was Maureen. Maureen? Yeah. Maureen. Anna Klumski, who plays Maureen in My Girl, though, right? Is that, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I was, I was a soldier or whatever. on, the, on the Oh, show, you're, yeah. oh, she remembers you as a Marine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? She doesn't, she doesn't remember me. I thought you were talking uh, about Maureen. No, Sorry. no, no. Maureen. <laughs> so I also have to ask, um, you know, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, um, how yeah. is she doing these days? I know she had uh, breast cancer remi- Yeah, she's yeah. in remission. In fact, they had to put production on hold, which is why they pretty much skipped all of 2018 um, for... Um, yeah, that's why we didn't get another season in 2018. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear she's doing better now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to working. And as Anna Klumski said uh, when I talked to her on the red carpet that it will be a shorter season, just like Game of Thrones. And she's like, yeah, just like Game of Thrones. It's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, I think it's only seven or eight episodes of the uh, final season of Veep. Um, another favorite is Shadowhunters. Um, never got into Shadowhunters, um, but 
we did meet uh, Catherine McNamara at the New York Comic Con, who is yes. just amazing in so many ways. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, they will have a massive two and a half hour series finale on May sixth. Um, have you ever seen? Um, I'm a huge fan of the books. Um, but oh, Shadowhunters? Okay. Um, you haven't watched so the show yet. I'm a huge yet. fan of the books. I watched... Um, okay. I'm going to have to try the show again. I was yeah, kind of disappointed you could be your in the co- first... The correspondent for Shadowhunters and um, talk about it, you know. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in the first episode, um, but I definitely um, want to give it a try again, okay. um, especially being a fan of the books. So yeah. can you give, like, a quick summary about yeah, what, it, what it is? Yeah, yeah. So I am I'm really bad at giving <laughs> summaries. Um, no judgment. They're shadow hunters that um, live, so it takes place in New York City, and Clary, um, the main character, doesn't know she's a shadow hunter because her mom hid her away from the shadow hunter world, and then she meets a um, boy named Jace, uh, who's a sh- shadow hunter. Um, and then she <laughs> 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 Throwing out the title quite a bit um, here in the description. <laughs> but, um, but she Wait, did he hunt shadows? <laughs> no, they hunt um, demons. Oh, okay. So shadow hunters yes. hunt demons. They're demon killers. They're um, yeah. Have aimed, they yeah. It, it's hard to explain, but <laughs> <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I'm actually reading the um, rereading the books right okay. now. <laughs> yeah, Harry Shama is in that show as well. But they had a, um, mm-hmm. and I was kind of sad that they canceled the movie. Um, my favorite, Lily, um, was played Clary in the movie. Oh, the Shadowhunters movie? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was uh, Lily Collins played... Oh, um, love Lily Collins. Was he in Austin my... Butler? Was he in that, or was that someone else? No. no. Jamie Campbell Bauer was Jamie. played off of whatever. Oh, her. yes. Um, oh, okay. okay. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. I'm a huge Lily Collins fan. So it didn't have as... It wasn't as successful wasn't, as a TV show, yeah. No. In the movie, like, it mm. could have... She was great, but it, it had its faults. So it could have been yeah. a lot better. I do have a um, Lily Collins note I'll get a little bit later, a new film that she's wor- working on. Um, another popular TV show, which was a surprise hit, was called Shit's Creek, which is an interesting title if you haven't heard it. It's spelled S-C-H-I-T-T-S. Um, it was produced by Dan and Eugene Le- Levy. As you know, he's the dad on American Pie um, and uh, had quite a successful run. But yes, they're um, coming back for one more sixth season before ending the series completely. Um, I've seen a few episodes. It was pretty funny. Yeah? yeah? It's something that you would like to continue at one point? Or you... Nah, probably no. won't, but it was still okay. funny. What about the Connors? Did you watch uh, the Connors after Roseanne? Well, they're going to get another second season. Um, I guess um, they proved that they really didn't need Roseanne to get the ratings they needed. Unfortunately, yes. Um, well, they decreased a lot, the ratings. It, it decreased. It decreased, but they're still uh, able to get a 9.5 million viewers and a 2.2 rating, so... Um, other news, Claire Danes is going to be back for the final season of Homeland, and her husband's actually joining the cast, Hugh Dancy. Oh. Um, yeah. He'll recur as... Oh, is that Jared Leto? It's not Jared Leto. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> Claire Danes and Jared Leto. What movie were they, they in together? Yeah, my So-Called Life. Oh, My So-Called Life, that's right. <laughs> that MTV show? Yes, 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 that's right. Oh, man. Um, so yes, um, Dancy will recur as John Zabel, who's a savvy consultant who works at the White House as a new foreign policy advisor to President Warner, played by Bo Bridges. So they're going to get one more, one more season. Um, Catherine Heigl, uh, will be returning to a new series. She's on, on the show Suits right now. 
Um, I guess it depends on how or well her pilot does, if she has to leave yeah. uh, Suits. The last time I saw her, she was doing kitty litter commercials. Ah, so. I know, really. She's, she's gone Come back from, time, I guess. Uh, yeah, she's had an interesting career. Took a few years off, you know, you know hiatus. She was, she was starring in movies, and now she's doing, like, you know, jumping around from TV show to TV show. But and she, she actually was a child actor. She was, yeah. yeah. She's actually going to be on a new pilot called Our House, so she'll be producing this pilot as well. Um, it's about a married couple who are committed to raising their kids. Um, and um, What a great premise. Yeah. I, I want to see that. Yeah, it sounds very <laughs> unique, yeah, doesn't right. it? <laughs> <laughs> but they found, find out how difficult it was when they moved back into their childhood home with their insane parents and siblings back in the picture. That sounds like a remake. I think that was a remake with the mm-hmm. um, that diabetes guy. It used to be a, a show like oh, in the really? 80s called Our House. That sounds oh. like a reimagining of Full House in a way. Yeah? Yeah, big family, extended family all living together in a house. Yeah. And, yeah. But the original was called Our House, and it was more like a, a drama Okay. about somebody moving back in with their oh. um, parents. Well, there you go. And I think I think a young Sharon Darty was on that show, too. Young Sharon Darty. Before 9210. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Full House, or Fuller House for that matter. They won like a Kids' Choice Award. Oh. And they kind of... Uh, said something they didn't mention Lori Laughlin by name as you know she has the controversy with the whole college uh, scandal with her daughters but said family something along the lines of family stick together through the rough times or whatever and they were alluding to Lori Laughlin like they you know they're not gonna speak badly and you know they're, yeah. they're gonna support her that's understandable through the rough times although Lori will not be returning for the final season that. of Fuller House are they going to kill her that's what I wanna know <laughs> 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 they could go the Roseanne route. That's die very possible. Or I know, right? <laughs> so I figured right now, before we get into movie stuff, is to take a classic cut break. And Chachi, uh, if you want to introduce uh, the song, or you want to place the theme first. Yeah, I'll get a theme song in All right, yes. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. <laughs> Chachi's <laughs> Hey, Chachi in charge for Chachi's classic cut. And a, and a cookie break, too. Everybody's all digging into cookies over here. <laughs> <laughs> do we have the news on bit for this? Um, You know, I do. I guess I have to take a little bit of time to turn into it. Well, but anyways, um, it's what? a... Um, so it's his name is Roger Charlie, uh, a.k.a. Ranking Roger. Ranking Roger mm-hmm. um, passed away this past week um, at 56. He was mm-hmm. the front man for the group um, English Beat, which was just called The Beat over in the UK. Nice. Which gained a lot more popularity in the UK. Um, you might remember that song, uh, Mirror in the Bathroom. was a popular like, yes. new wave Mirror type of song. Yes, Mirror in the Bathroom. Yep. And they also did the um, the one of the final songs for Fierce... Ferris Bueller's Day Off when Ferris is um, running back to the house trying to beat his parents back there and that kind of quirky um, instrumental with some lyric song um, was playing and that was also English Beat. But the group um, broke up and then um, um, Rankin Roger and one other guy went to um, form um, they went to form another group that was called um, General Public. General Public. And yes. the other members of the English Beat went on to form Fine Young Cannibals. Which is kind of oh, interesting that yeah. both of um you know, both groups of members of that um, original group went on to their own success. Um, right, in different bands, groups. right. Well, this is one song from the group General Public, and this is called Tenderness, which is was a nice hit from the 80s. 
All right. Here's a classic cut, guys. That's right. Rest in peace, Roger Charlie, a.k.a. Rankin Roger Rest of English Be- Beats um, at the age of 56. Yeah, yeah young. Um, yeah. Did you say how he died? Um, suffered a stroke at the end of, end of uh, 2018, and then he had two tumors in his brain oh, that God. needed to be operated on immediately. Um, and he had just finished writing a biography with co-writer Daniel Rachel, which is due out this spring. Yeah, so, guys... Yeah. Yes, here it is. Um, general public, tenderness, and we'll be back here on Below the Belt. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. I love being so funny. Yes, we're back. We're back, guys. That Hello. was Tenderness. Tenderness. Yes, very tender song. No. <laughs> All right, just uh, while we're waiting for our next guest to call in, this is what I'm really super excited about film wise, but I think I'll wait for Amanda before I drop that one because I think she's a fan as well. Um, but movie news, it's funny cause we usually start with, uh, with movie news on below the belt show, but we, well, I wanted to be, talk about walking dead first. So we, we got all the TV stuff out of the way first, which was cool. Um, <clears throat> all right. For you Avengers fans, MCU fans expect the longest movie in the MCU. So it's exciting. Hovering around the three oh, hour gosh. mark. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep, three, three hours. hours. Like three hours. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. I wonder what Amanda thinks about this. I was super excited about it. She doesn't that. care about it. <laughs> are, are, you're, you're, an, you're, you're an Avengers fan, right? Wait, what? An Avengers fan? I've seen Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Infinity War. Oh, okay. So, so far, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you, haven't seen, you haven't seen every MCU film? No, I just like Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is going to so be... you're the one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the longest Avengers and MCU film we're we're gonna get at three hours long. Wow. A three hour long movie. So what's the release date? Um it's coming out April twenty sixth, I believe. Oh, yes, wow. April twenty sixth. Quick? Yes. April twenty fifth, the, the the evening of April twenty fifth, because it usually comes out Thursday evening of the opening of the weekend. So um this is the twenty second MCU movie. And it's the also the last film in phase Three, because yes. now they're going to phase four, starting with um, the Spider-Man Far From Home film. So, um, and you are a Star Wars fan, yes? No, or not so much. Okay, I wasn't sure if you I've were or not. S- okay, so I've seen the the I guess it's the fourth in the sequence of the movies. It's the fourth. The original, the, the original. Yes. Okay, right, so I've right. seen that one movie. Oh, okay, so you haven't seen. Okay, yeah. So I wasn't sure if you were or not. But I didn't want to admit that. That's quite all right. <laughs> but <laughs> Carrie Russell was on the Stephen Colbert show. And she was asked about Star Wars because, as you know, she had she plays a character in it, um, and she says she doesn't even know what the title is. The title has not been released yet of mm-hmm. Episode Eight, Episode Nine, Episode Nine. Yes. Nine, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, so apparently she goes into talking about the costume that her character wears. So we don't know 
what character Carrie Russell's playing, but she did say that she does have the coolest costume. And then and then Colbert was trying to like get out, you know, the character to try to t- get her to admit the character, which she can't talk about. And then Colbert's like, your character's Yoda's ex-wife, right? Rachel or something, you know? <laughs> and you and Yoda met on OkCupid, and then apparently... Um, and then he continued, your character's pretending to be a member of the First Order, but is actually a Russian spy with a lot of wigs. <laughs> and he's just kept trying to uh, try to get uh, information, or trying to guess who uh, the character is. But, you know, she did a good job of not divulging it. I have a feeling she's it's a big, big character, so... Um, yeah, I'm really excited for episode nine. But anyways, we have another guest. All right, guys. We welcome to Below the Belt Show our second special guest of the evening. It's all about movies here on Below the Belt Show. Earlier, we had Joseph Gatt from Dumbo, which is going to be a top box office movie. And then we have another actress, part of another great movie, which is in the top five movies in America today. And it's called Five Feet Apart from CBS Films and Lionsgate. Um, it's actress Trina Lafargue on the line. What's up, Trina? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, good to have you on Below the Belt, Trina. You're on the line with Al Soto. We have Chachi McFly, Ali Dash, and Amanda Michaud in studio talking to you. Hi. Hello. Hey, everyone. <laughs> nice to meet you. Talk What's to you. going on? Awesome. So first of all, Congrats on the success of Five Feet Apart. Uh, doing great at the box office. Yeah, and I'm, I'm honestly not surprised. Once you see the movie, I don't know if you have yet, but you'll, you'll see why. It's, it's a very great movie. <laughs> I was in Los Angeles uh, covering some events. I, I had it on my to-watch list, and I have to have some major movie makeup time, including your film and us. I need to watch us and your film. But, yes, I will watch it. But... I did see the trailer. The trailer looks fantastic. It looks like a really nice emotional coming of age movie, and yes, uh, looks really. It looks like it kind of touches on the emotions a little bit because um, I guess you could talk. You p- could probably talk about the premise first, but uh, it's a very interesting premise about two sick individuals with uh, cystic fibrosis. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could tell us a so, little, yeah, a little bit about how, a little bit about the synopsis, and then kind of go into your character in the film as well. Okay, sure. So the synopsis of Five Feet Apart is two teenagers who fall in love, essentially, but with cystic fibrosis running their lives every day and wondering, you know, will this be their last day and constantly taking these treatments and fighting this sickness on a day-to-day basis, they can't touch each other because they can catch each other's bacteria and wow. end up worse off. So it's a real, like, <laughs> heart-throbbing movie. But the good thing is, L, is that throughout the movie, there's a lot of laughs. There are a lot of good comedic relief portions right. that help you get through it all. And it's, it's amazing because, I mean, I had my whole family come to the theater when it finally premiered nationwide. Oh, awesome. And it's, in my my dad, my grandpa, my brother, they don't really like emotional films, but they <laughs> love this one. Well, and I really feel like, yeah, I really feel like it. That's it, great. It can touch all you sure had nothing to do with you being in it? <laughs> that's no, probably why they love it. You know it. what? I tell people that all the time. I'm like, go see it. Not for me. I'm telling you, this is a movie that will, like, it will change your perspective on a lot of, like, really heavy subjects. 
And I think it's something you can carry around in your day-to-day life, like what you learn from this film. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I've been uh, really looking forward to seeing the film. Um, I really wanted to read the book first um, and wanted to find out, have you read the book? Um, and how does how would you say the movie um, compares to the book? So I've heard a lot about the book. I've heard that the movie's, you know, a lot different, but they touch the, the base point. I have not read the book, but I own the book. Awesome. <laughs> I have been, yeah, like ever since I got cast in this film, I've been wrapped up in trying to get involved with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation in New Orleans. There you go. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, because that's where I live. And I didn't know anything about the illness until I did the film. So it really, like, resonated with me and wanted, it made me want to help out a lot. So I've been trying to get involved with that and um, just taking care of all my businesses, like, with all the publicity that this film is getting because it's so touching. Yeah, for sure. Tell us a little bit about your role as Maya. You play Haley Lou Richardson's uh, best friend in the film. Yeah, I am her bestie. I'm the bestie that tries to keep things light and fun and interesting and keep her mind off her illness because I mean she's been dealing with this since she was born. So her her second home is the hospital. So I I come to visit her and I bring her you know burgers and fries and talk about <laughs> boys. <laughs> And, you know, help her, you know, just laugh her way out of, you know, thinking about what she's going through constantly. So it was really cool being that uh, that that positive influence in her life in the film. Wow. How did you like working with Haley Lou? Oh, it was amazing. I didn't expect her to be as silly, which I should have because her Instagram really portrays her personality. Yeah, she well. and her boyfriend are fantastic. I love them. Her fiance now, right? Oh they're, my god, they're engaged now. Yeah, yeah, yes. I actually had the pleasure of meeting him as well, and I think he plays a nurse part in the movie. If you can find him, <laughs> him and Justin Baldoni actually. And I met him at the after party, and I mean, nice. constant, genuine, just jokes, like just cracking jokes, just being himself. And Haley is the same way on set. I mean, as soon as we, you know, cut, she was back to herself. It was just, like, so natural for her to jump in and out. Yeah. That, so that almost sounds like a little mini Jane the Virgin reunion, Justin Baldoni, uh, you know, being the director and everything. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it really is cool because Justin, you know, like, he, he's an actor, so he understands what we need from a director. So, yeah, for this to be his directing debut, just it blew me away. Wow, directing debut, that's wild. The, yeah, for it to be well-received on a debut is great. Um, how did you like working with Cole, Cole Sprouse of Riverdale? <laughs> Cole's cool. Cole is actually very similar to Jughead. Uh, he's very sarcastic and, <laughs> you know, laid back. And <laughs> he's a uh, very intelligent guy, very funny, very funny. Everybody was a joy to be around, including Moises Arias. You know, and my other lovely co-stars. Everyone oh, yeah. was great. Yeah, Moises is kind of, he's a like a Disney veteran, right? He, he's he been around on Disney Channel for a long time. Yeah, yeah, he's interesting. I really like Moises. I really do. He's a very peculiar guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so just reading your bio right now, you actually, uh, your one of your first roles was in Breakout Kings? Yeah, so that was my television debut. Breakout King. How and did you like that? I saw your um your reel online, and you got to work with two greats and 
Dominic Labrandozzi, and of course Jimmy S- Simpson from Westworld and House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel like Such working with two guys? Honor. Jimmy is so silly, and like Dominic, he's he's very he's a very genuine, nice guy. I yeah, like he Dominic. is. I've met but let me tell you about Omari Hardwick. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, me and Omari actually started in that episode, co-starred in that episode um, of Breakout Kings. And what's crazy is, like, he's kind of blowing, he's, well, he's actually really blowing up because of that new television series, Power. Yes. That's right. So, yeah, like, looking back at that and that being my, my first booking, and being able to co-star with him and these other great stars, it's just, I don't know, it, it blows me away. It's like, wow, Trina, that was your first real gig. And look at what you, what you look at what you've done with the people you've done it with. It really, like, it blows me away. I, I can't tell, tell you how blessed I am. And I think it's cool because you, you still reside in New Orleans, right? Yes, yeah. definitely. So New Orleans is a, is, is a pretty big market. Um, qu- quite a lot of productions come out there. Do you feel... You, you're at an advantage of working a, in a market that has so many productions. Yes. Uh, I mean, Hollywood South is really picking up. Yep. And it's helped me out because I, I realized that a lot of the major roles, they kind of fly in from L.A. Yeah. that they film down here. Yeah. And they pick up all the rest of the supporting roles here. So as a, especially like when I first started, like just picking up roles here was just, it was easier to do for me because, I guess the pool wasn't as big as L.A. So it was easier to, know, you know, book those smaller roles and build up my resume and build up my yes. foundation to the point where I could book a role like Maya in Five Feet Apart. So I'm just constantly building and constantly knocking on that door, waiting for it to open. It was <laughs> open all the time. So just, yeah. you know, working constantly, trying to stay consistent. So on that subject, I mean, I see here that, so um, you got an agent at, well, at one point, and then... Um, what were you doing from that point until you got on Breakout Kings? Like, what were you doing to sustain yourself? And then what were you doing to kind of get more into the industry? Well, I tried to network as much as possible. I did a bunch of student films in order to build my reel and experience on set, uh, which really helped me out in the long run. I'm grateful for those experiences. And I also took different training courses around the city just to figure out, you know, like where I felt most comfortable, where I felt I learned the most. And I kind of stuck with, I tried to stick with one teacher after that going forth. But I, I really felt my way around what, you know, what was going on in my area. And, you know, tried. it's all about connections and skill. So as long as you're training and you're constantly meeting people and being open to opportunities, you know, luck will happen. So I just kind of stuck to those beliefs and worked hard. <laughs> How was the audition process for Maya and Five Feet Apart? It was cool. Um, I did a tape audition. Nice. Uh, with Chris Horn. He's he's a really good photographer down here in New Orleans and in New York. And we had a great time filming it. It was really fun. I didn't realize how big the movie would be for a while. So, you know, it was like, okay, she's another audition. I really like this character. She's she's cool. She's funky. I can I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Now was the film so, uh, was uh was this film in filmed in New Orleans? Yeah, I filmed it in New Orleans and my agent sent it out and I got word back, you know, to do a callback but for an in person callback. So the in person callback was in the C B D in New Orleans, Citrus District, and 
I got to meet um, Emily and Justin Baldoni. I got to meet Tracy Kilpatrick, who's a great casting director down here, and a few other people. And I actually um, auditioned with my co-star, who plays Haley's other best friend in the film. And we auditioned together, and they were like, we really like the way you guys vibe. Like, let's see you do it a different way. You know, we did it again, and they were just like, thank you so much. And we just went home and crossed our fingers, you know, like we do with every audition. And this one yes. just felt different. It felt it felt different being around Justin and Emily, being in that environment. And where we were, it wasn't where I was used to going to callbacks at at all. So, I mean, I went home and I waited and I waited and I kind of <laughs> let it go. Because as an actress, you got to learn to forget about your auditions. Because some of them you just don't get and you don't hear back from. Yeah, I know. And I know that feeling. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, speaking it's of... So draining. You know, pining over one audition, right. so you got to just look forward to the next one. Yeah, and absolutely. Before I know it, I got a call from my agent, and I was screaming hysterically like I do every time I'm booked. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know and, that feeling. Uh, <laughs> and that's so awesome. Yeah, I didn't know, realize. Oh, sorry. <laughs> congrats. Well, congrats first of all on getting that part. I mean, that's just amazing. Um, I can't even imagine that feeling. But um, speaking mm. of of cool and funky characters, so I see that you're a big fan of Johnny Depp, and I just as a fellow fan are are you you know i mean i know you want him to be kind of your you would dream of him being your acting partner in a film one day but i mean are you a, kind of like a personal fan of his as well <laughs> personal fan like, <laughs> well like quotation, do you <laughs> <quotation>. <laughs> yeah yeah i am but um yeah I, I love him as a as an actor more than anything because watching him transform is like watching no other. And he just kind of takes the cake for me with, with the acting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. safe to say that you would love to work on a project with Johnny. I would, yeah. I mean, I, I would pay to work on a project with Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you pay to work with Johnny Depp. This is oh, who wouldn't, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Yeah, I would pay. <laughs> or do it for free or do it for free right definitely yeah oh, see there you go <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a favorite film of his the secret window <laughs> oh that's a good one that's an under that's an overlooked one too have okay. you guys seen that no no but i'm trying to think of what my favorite uh, johnny Depp film would be um like one of his classics is crybaby shot here in baltimore and then you have one of his yeah. other classics, Benny and June, which is mm, a romantic comedy. And yeah. then you have Edward Scissorhands. We were just talking about uh, uh, Tim Burton. So, uh, and then you have all the Pirates of the Caribbean. So, and what's lo- eating Gilbert Grape was a great one. Oh, what's yeah, yeah. eating Gilbert Grape? Another classic. Leonardo so. DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lots to choose from with him. <laughs> yeah. Where would you like to? Where would you like to work next? Um, was there any particular? TV series or or filmmaker director you'd like to work with or any genres I that want, you'd like to work with? I want to work with um, Will Smith. Ah yes, <laughs> everything for Will. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely tell you have a personal thing for Will because he uh, <laughs> he he reaches many people in a personal way, and he's very open. Yeah. to people about his life and his beliefs and their whole family. I mean, they just, I mean, they're goals, man. <laughs> yeah. So he, I tell I you, first of him. all, working firsthand with Will Smith in Collateral Beauty in New York, um, really cool guy. And I got to chat with him very briefly at the craft services area. That's a, actually a really good spot <laughs> to talk to the actors when they're 
kind of out off the main set, and they would when they go grab a snack at the craft services table. Uh, yeah, yeah. I highly recommend if you ever see Will Smith on. That's a good time to talk to him. <laughs> would be when the craft services table. So just, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've met a few people who have met him, and they all say the same thing. They say very personable guy, very yes. nice. Asked me how my day was going. Very yep. genuine. Just. Not too good for anybody, you know what I mean? A lot of people have yeah. their nose in the air when they make it. And Will Smith is, I don't know, he, he has something about him. He has a je ne sais quoi. Right on. That's awesome. So what other big productions are coming into the New Orleans area? I mean, I know central casting is like kind of like the big hub for background. But, uh, but again, it seems like obviously Atlanta is kind of like the king of the south. But then it seems like New Orleans is kind of like catching up. Yeah, I feel like ATL is like king and New Orleans is like queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even queen because that would be an equal, actually. New Orleans is like prince. <laughs> you know, like um, I hear a lot about Atlanta becoming even bigger than L.A. just as far as the amount of production yeah. going that it's way. It's actually number one, so, I heard. Yeah, number one. Right, and I, you know, a lot of things crazy. are self-taped. 99% of my auditions are self-taped. So I don't actually need to move there, but I really want to be, like, involved in that environment. So yes. I'm thinking about making the switch from so New Orleans you, over there. Okay. That's how big it is. You've actually worked on productions in Atlanta before? Yeah, my second booking was done in Atlanta for nice. the movie The Stand-In. Oh, on nice. Netflix, so. nice. Yeah, one. that was really cool. It was filmed in the mountains. So. Cool. Can you talk about I see you're credited as Cute Girl, which is interesting your credit is cute girl in two different pro- uh, projects. The perfect date I, and the stand-in. Yeah, I, I guess the cast of the directors think I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Look yeah. at her. She's wow. a part of cutie. Definitely typecast yeah, now. Yeah, so, you know, you know, I'll just take it for what it is. Thank you, thank you. And, <laughs> you know, move along with my part. I'll take cute girl, pretty girl, girl, whatever it is. <laughs> Want to give me? I'm I'm open to all roles. I just love getting immersed in someone other than myself. <laughs> it's the fun of acting. Can you tell us a little bit about the stand-in project? That one stands out to me. Stands out. The stand-in stands out because <laughs> I did an opening scene, um, which was really cool with Noah Centino. Oh yeah. So, yeah, the stand-in is actually being renamed to the perfect date. Ah, now it makes sense. Yeah, there so you go. now yeah, I just saw the trailer the perfect, for that. Yeah, you've seen the trailer. Yeah, I, I have. It today. It's really good. And if you go on IMDb and type in the perfect date or YouTube, you'll see it's Noah Centino. And he's a really good actor. He's blowing up right now on Netflix. He is. A lot of different films. Nice. Especially after that film to all the boys I loved before. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, and in person, he's a very charming, genuine guy. Like, he's cool. really laid back and, you know, open and ready to, you know, crack jokes and talk at all times. So that was really cool to be. It's really cool because looking back, a lot of my scenes are with people who are, you know, getting bigger and, like, who I look up to. So I just hope to, you know, get there one day. <laughs> so I saw um, that you booked uh, in January uh, a role that they actually created for you for the film. Can you tell us um, about that film um, or the role? And congratulations, by the way. So that film was actually that film. That ah, film was the awesome. perfect date. Very I cool. auditioned for 
I'll actually audition for both roles in a lesbian couple scene. Oh, wow. And they were <laughs> trying to get into the school dance. Well, um, a, something happened with the characters. They either dropped the scene, the characters, or they could have just went with someone else. I was told that they dropped the characters. So, so um, whatever happened, happened. And, you know, I kind of let it go. So I was like, okay. Didn't who, get that one. Was really invested in that one. Didn't get it. Who would, And I got a call who would you mind not be? Uh, who would you like to have a lesbian um, scene with if you had to choose an actress? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! That's below the belt. Hell. It is below the belt. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, you brought it up, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go in my in my little black book of like fantasies here. Um, well. Okay, I know she's kind of out of my league as far, as far as, like, everything, but I love Jennifer Lopez. Okay. I have a thing for J-Lo. I have for you're, the longest time. You're like a mini J-Lo. I, you, you know what? That may have something to do with it because people told me that when I was younger, and, like, I just fell in love with her. I really did. You do look like so, her. I can see that, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Can we get that out there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's tweet it now. Do you want to play her sister or you want to play her daughter? The younger version. Yeah, the younger or version. We could play her in like her biopic. Her bio- yeah, exactly. Yes. Ooh, yes. yes. <laughs> Young Jenny from <laughs> the block. Yeah. Little J-Lo from New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans, it's you. I love it. I love it. Yes. Awesome. J-Lo definitely. Uh, J-Lo. <laughs> I love it. Well, we are really looking for. So, I am playing movie catch up time because I got to check out Jordan Peele's Us, and I have to yes. check out your film, Five Feet Apart and Dumbo. So, I got a lot of movie stuff to catch up on this week, um, but I definitely will be checking out. Everybody, please check out Five Feet Apart. It it's getting great reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the Rotten Tomato score is pretty high, right? Yeah, it is. It's really good. Um, last time I checked, it was number three, so we'll see where it is today. But nice. It's it's one of those films where you want to bring your tissue and you want to you know get ready to be uplifted and motivated. There you go. Wow, Trina, thanks so much for uh, calling into Below the Belt. If you could um, cut a little promo for us, let us know who you are um, from um, Five Feet Apart, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show, and then throw out whatever you want at the end. All right. I am Trina. I play Maya in Five Feet Apart. Go see it. It's in theaters now. I'm on Below the Belt. You can catch me on Instagram. My Instagram name is at Trina Lafarge. If you need help with spelling, guys, that's T-R-I-N-A-L-A-F-A-R-G-U-E. So go ahead. Give me a follow. I'll follow back. I love you all. I hope you love Five Feet Apart. And thank you so much, L and, and team. <laughs> Thank you, Trina. That is awesome. Wow. Right, Trina, thanks so much for calling the Blow the Belt show. And yeah, check out Five Feet Apart. Thanks for calling. Thanks in. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Have a good, good night. night. Bye bye. Two great interviews on Below the Belt show. And Trina was fantastic. Um, yeah, definitely a star on the rise for sure. Really cool. Um, all right, more movie stuff, guys. Wow. Um, so Shazam is getting really great early We've reviews. I saw it's 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is great. Um, 
let's see. Uh, the Rap uh, calls Shazam the slickest DC movie in years. This new DC entry has lovely lightness both in the visuals and its tone um, and such an unexpected joy from start to finish. That's really positive. You know, DC, I think they're learning from their mistakes from the earlier films and they're, they've been just, you know, making hits since and since Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and now Shazam. So hopefully DC is on its way to just being a great um, superhero franchise like like it was supposed to be. Obviously, underwhelming films with um, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad and uh, Justice, Justice League. League. Right. Yeah. But you know what? I still enjoyed them. I'm a DC mark, so I still enjoyed the films. No, but yes, I enjoyed them all too. We still enjoyed them, right? I think people want to compare them to, to, to uh, MC, Marvel. To Marvel, and... right. I was going to say, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if DC mm-hmm. can really even become a real competitor for Marvel because yeah. it is a big difference in terms of the reception that the films have gotten right. over the past you know, decade. So, right, but yeah. now they're starting to... I think they're starting to realize like not to play catch-up and to yes. make their foundation like yes. Marvel did. I mean, yes. it's not... Like, Marvel's been doing this for... Over 10 years yes, now. Yes, 2008. Yeah. Mm. Very good point. Yeah, and they're doing it for like nine years before DC even started, and DC tried to catch up mm-hmm. in one year. Exactly. Which was, which was a bad decision. But I heard this movie, <laughs> this movie just definitely takes a different um, take with the superhero genre. It's yeah. more like a um, Tom Hanks and Big type of movie. Yeah. Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi is incredibly charming. I mean, he's in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel yes. uh, this past season. And then he also... Oh, series so regular or just a guest star? I think he's a guest star. I think he was a guest star. Okay, I'm not sure cool. if he's coming back based on the events that happened in that past uh, season. Okay. But he's also he also voiced Flynn Rider and Tangled a long time yeah. ago. Yes, so he did. Yeah. Very charming. You know, it seems like a really yeah. nice guy. We, so. met, we met him at, actually at the Baltimore Comic Con yeah. last year. Yeah, he was one of the special guests. Um, didn't give us an interview, unfortunately, but we got to talk with him. Seemed really nice. And uh, yes, I got to work on Shazam for one day. So that was cool. Oh, yeah, I worked in Philadelphia. Exciting. So that was a fun set. Again, it sucks when I can't talk about the nature of the things that I do on the set, but I can understand why. It makes sense. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, looking forward to Shazam. Um, new trailers include the Angry Birds movie, too. Um which I never saw the first one. No. I was kind of addicted <laughs> to the game, on, you know, on my phone for for a minute, but didn't really get too into it. So I, that's probably why I didn't watch the first Angry Birds uh, film. And probably because it's a horrible concept. Like, yeah, how are you gonna make a movie off of that game? Yeah, well, it's like the Emoji Movie. Yeah, all over again. That too. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 What about Dora, Dora and the Lost City of Gold? So you're taking this is the opposite. You're taking an animated character and you're uh, making her live action. That trailer looked weird. Like Dumbo. The trailer was a little Adora, strange. Yeah. yeah. It was like she was acting like she was... Like, I, I get that Dora is a teenager. That's cool. But she's still acting like she's eight. She's like, <laughs> oh, she's no. She's like, hi, Diego. And I looked her up. And, like, she's yeah. actually a really good actor. I saw, like, a clip yeah. of her. And she's actually a really good actress. Okay. But in, like, the Dora movie, like... I don't know. I mean, really, how can you get a teenage... I, teenage Dora is just a it's a foreign concept you know I mean, yeah. how, how, how would Dora grow up you know I just yeah. she's just a perpetual child I think yeah. she's meant to be that so I don't it'll be interesting to see to this see concept it works, right? reminded me yeah, yeah. of the college it reminded me so much of the college humor uh, I don't know if you guys saw the when college humor did the Dora uh, parody it, no. it's hilarious it's got I think it's Ariel Winter um, wow. played Dora and it was it was funny but mm. 
the trailer kind of had the same vibe, but it's supposed to be real. Like it's like it's okay. serious. So oh. I don't know. I'm. I have not sold on the movie. Okay. <laughs> the trailer looked okay, but, you know, I'm a fan of uh, Eva Longoria, and, uh, yeah, um, she's great, and um, Michael Pena, of course, from Ant-Man. Ant- oh, he's hilarious in Ant-Man. <clears throat> and uh, I've worked with him, too, so another another really nice guy. That's awesome. Um, in a movie called Shooter with Mark Wahlberg from a while back. Another new trailer includes Mary Magdalene with um, – Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix looks like a really, um, really cool epic um, period piece. It takes place in 33 A.D. from the small town of Magdala. Um, as she be- befriends Jesus of Nazareth, played by Joaquin Phoenix. Jesus is Joaquin. Hey, he's <laughs> guys. having a good year, Joker Jesus. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joker so. and Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. They like to play tricks on people, both of them. <laughs> I'm back from yeah. the dead. <laughs> and then the Joker, you know what he does, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> too soon. Uh, well, yeah, too soon. Uh, <laughs> Chachi, you've probably seen the Motley Crew biopic. I did see that. Yeah, called The Dirt, which uh, mm. which has gotten you know lopsided reviews. Some people have loved it. Some some didn't like it. What were your thoughts on it? I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was a Netflix movie. It wasn't like so it wasn't um, meant for a big release like a Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, it wasn't a big um, budget like Bohemian Rhapsody. So right. you know, it wasn't up to that kind of quality. But I really enjoyed it. I mean, I've always been a Motley Crue fan, and um, I know a lot of critics slammed it before it came out, saying like something about Me Too or whatever. I don't know what the hell they were Uh-oh. talking about. Uh-oh. But nothing in the movie had anything to do with Me Too. Like they had groupies who had consensual sex with the rock stars like oh my oh my god but, I mean, but they were all up in arms because of that yeah it was it was something weird yeah i don't well, know it's a realistic depiction of yeah, what would have yeah. happened so you know yeah i think that that's kind of a problem that happens sometimes with i'm a very liberal person and very open minded but right. is 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 the overreacting to even depicting events that happened and yeah. you know and yeah. being a little bit too you know, it's like just because it's wrong doesn't mean you can't show it in yeah, a movie. I agree. It's the same with Game of Thrones. People would complain about the rape yep. scenes and everything. It's like this is based obviously not in realistic medieval right. times, but it's you know heavily based off of those times and and you know rape and these different torture methods and everything were very torture prevalent. Yeah, it had murder. I mean, it had murder. Yeah, in Game murder. Of yeah, and murders. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know what's so funny about you mentioning that? <laughs> you know the Game of Thrones tie-in to the Motley Crue movie, don't you? Oh yeah, you and Rayon. That's right. You and mm-hmm. Rayon played Mick Mars. That's right in. In the dirt. Ramsey Bolton. And Ramsey Bolton, um, how was his performance? It was good. I mean, I, I thought everybody did really good um, yeah. acting. I mean, Machine a, Gun Kelly played Tommy Douglas Lee. Booth. Yeah. Douglas Booth played Nikki Six, and Daniel Weber played Vince Neil. And Machine Gun Kelly's come a long way. He was great in the um, the Bird Box movie. Yeah. With uh, oh, who Sandra was he? Bullock. He was Tommy Lee. He was Tommy Lee in the dirt, but in Bird Box, he was. The guy uh, who escaped with Rosa Salazar, they took They the ran car off. Yeah, the yeah, car. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <coughs> so, yep. Um, I, said, I still have yet to see it, so. That was good. We'll check it out. It's, it's free. But, um, yeah. Um, and it is free. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the best. <coughs> Movies, this is great. Netflix is coming out with all this original stuff now. It's <coughs> And it's good that they're actually incredible. doing feature films because, you know, a lot of people don't have patience to sit through an entire series. Or the time, really. So, getting more original movies is a good is a good plan. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, because how many movies do they actually come out with on Netflix that are like on theater on movies that you haven't already seen? Exactly. You know, so it's I think mm-hmm. it's great to see this original content that's exclusive to Netflix. Absolutely. Now, um. Now you have like you have, you have Apple getting in the game now. 
trying to produce their original shit. Like <laughs> everybody's in the in, is in the game now. Disney Plus, yes, Hulu, yeah, like Apple, um, TV Apple, Plus. YouTube, um, Facebook Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Amazon Prime. And it's funny, like, we all, um, I know, like, I've gotten rid of my cable and now I to save money, but now I feel like it's basically going to be, like, what I paid for cable because yes. I'm, you know, I've, right now again. I'm all these subscriptions. I've subscribed all to, you know, Netflix, um, Hulu, mm-hmm. HBO. Yeah. Um, and now, like, Disney Plus is coming out. It's yeah, and of course the cable companies to, like, <laughs> are jacking up the um, internet um, rates. Oh. Yep. For to gain just internet. But I'll tell you, Amazon Prime is twofold because you get this. Oh, I great love deal. Amazon Prime. I mean, it's, yeah. you get it's Amazon a really Prime cool business model. You get free shipping and you get original TV shows. You get movies, music, two days, and music. Shipping. It's wild. It's like wow, Amazon Prime really. That's pretty amazing in my book. Um, so some movies in production include Arnold's kid Patrick Schwarzenegger. He's going to be a star of a romantic drama called Midnight Sun. Um, Patrick's been really getting into the acting thing. Um, his recent credits include The Happy Prince and the sci-fi thriller Warning. It's always interesting to see that nepotism at play. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. A couple, you know, big stars nowadays. Lily Rose Depp. Uh, Lily Rose Depp is one a of star on the rise. But, yeah. you know, it's like, luckily they have the talent to back it up. Some of them. Some of them. Yeah. We'll see about Patrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see how Patrick I saw, does. I yeah, have to see about, you know, Lily Rose. I have to see some more of her movies. But, yeah, I you know. saw Yoga Hosers, and I mean... <laughs> did you see that one? Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. You see, like, their, their, their um, you know, parents are just, like, you know, just some of the biggest actors ever, and then, then right. they do, like, you know, a thing here or there. Mm-hmm. Or just like, you know, just like Will Smith's um, kids. You know, they, they, yeah. they do some stuff, you know, mostly getting pulled strings by, you know, their mom and dad. But After then, like, Earth. Yeah, but, but nobody's oh, going to get up to the level of Will Smith. Oh, that was a monstrosity, absolutely. And like the Karate Kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. Oh, Thanks. that one was a bad I never one saw too. it, luckily. Oh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Crown star Vanessa Kirby will be uh, in an upcoming sci-fi movie from the wife director, Bajorn Runge. It's called Star Dream. Um, any fans of The Crown are familiar with Vanessa yes, Kirby's work? Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, The Crown, I mean, they replaced Vanessa Kirby with um, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. And then, yes. uh, what's, oh, what's her name? Oh, my gosh. Olivia Coleman is, is replacing, replacing Claire, Foy Claire Foy as Queen Elizabeth, which right. that's just, that's that, those are two women that, I mean, are, you know, amazing. You know, um, Olivia Coleman in The Favorite this past year. Yes, which was, I saw, saw that, that a couple times in theaters, which is amazing. You know, I saw the costumes on exhibition in London while I was there. And, oh, very cool. Yeah, that was just an amazing movie. So I'm happy and excited to see what they do in that. Yeah, that's so cool. And I want to go back to Ewan Rayon because you had mentioned off the air about something about yes. meeting him. So you and uh, Rayon, I, I worked the first Con of Thrones in Nashville back in 2017. Um and con I actually, of Thrones. Yes, Con of Thrones. This sounds... I am not familiar with this con. It's a Game so, of Thrones con, it, Yeah, it started yeah. in 2017, and um, they're going in their third year this year, so I'm going to go down again in Nashville in July. But, oh, um, in July. Yeah, and so um, I just mentioned... I was a volunteer, and I mentioned that I would like to lead a... You know, kind of be a leader, take a leadership role, and so they put me in charge of his autograph line. And so for two days, you know, it, there were parts, you know, times that it was completely dead, and I was just sitting there and hanging out with him. And super cool dude, you know... Um, really? What do you yeah. talk about? Oh, at the time I was actually about to move to France, so he asked me all about that, and he was just you know, really polite, really sweet. Um, yeah, and then I met. Were um, you into acting at the time? Did you ask about like in the in, you know, getting in the industry and that kind of thing? Um, I I don't think I wanted to do that. I, I think I was like a little bit hesitant still and kind of nervous yeah. about around celebrities around at that time. It was a couple <laughs> years ago, and so. <laughs> 
yeah, still a celebrity virgin, but um, <laughs> <laughs> for the most part. But um, yeah, I met him and a few other of the Game of Thrones cast there, yeah. and that was just really cool. He plays such a such an evil, he's great character yeah. in Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, and it was very satisfying to see his death. Like, I, he was one character that I was really happy to see. He played Hitler. Right after that, a younger Hitler. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so he went right he's into He's cool with the bad it. guy, Rose. Yeah. I think he's, think? yeah. I think he tried to do the hero thing in Inhumans, which didn't work. Oh, but did you see it? What was that show he was on? And that oh. got canceled, by the way, Inhumans. The first show, okay, that big show in the UK. Oh, what was it about? You know what I'm talking about. Do you know? What, oh, what is it called? Uh, the, Where he played Simon. Oh, 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 Misfits. Okay, yeah, Misfits, yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, really, really good at Misfits. You have to check okay. that out. That's like a these five kids that get struck by lightning in this weird storm and then gain superpowers, but they're oh, like wow. weird superpowers. Okay. Yeah, right. really cool. Check it out. UK. It's not, just like uh, Umbrella Academy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a... but like a better version. <laughs> a better yeah. version of it? Okay. <laughs> but it's got to be the best time to be an actor right now with all these different uh, Absolutely. platforms. Absolutely. So much I mean, work remember, available, like, the last right? decade, all the actors were bitching because... Only thing on TV was like reality shows. Reality TV was, and it? they yeah. weren't getting any work. But now there's like there's so many so different many platforms. platforms. Exactly. So it's good to be the goal again. The golden age of television. Yeah. Uh, Michael B. Jordan will produce a star in a movie called Matsula. Place. Um, it's based on a biblical story of a man who lived to be 969 years old. Wow, it's 969. If he if Michael B. Jordan is playing himself and looking that like he does at 969, then I guess. Uh, Found some kind of fountain of youth or something, I guess. I don't know. Start, start <laughs> this some kind of immortal. Johnny Alonzo. <laughs> right. He is around the same age, <laughs> 969. <laughs> um, okay, this is pretty exciting. So uh, they're doing a remake of The Craft. Uh, Zoe Lister-Jones will write and direct. And um, we just hung out with the cast just yeah. like two weeks ago. This going to be a series? <laughs> No, this is going to be an actual film, oh. um, a remake, um, a feature film. So Doug Wick, the producer of the original craft, craft will return in some capacity. As whether the original cast will return in cameos, I don't know, but it will focus on a new group of young witches. But it's going to be like the, the original one still happened, though, right? That I'm not sure. That's okay. a good question. Um, they didn't allude to whether it be a complete, complete reboot or will it be more as a sequel. I mean, who's asking for that movie, though? He's like, I want a remake of The Craft. The Craft was had a cult following. A lot of people liked the yeah, movie. Yeah, but who wants a remake know? of it, though? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have, I have a feeling it has potential to do well, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole Supernatural thing is pretty popular, so. Um, and Nev Campbell, who was in the original Craft, um, has joined um, the cast of the crime drama Castle on the Ground, along with Tom Cullen and Care Gilchrist, um, which shoots in uh, Toronto, in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. Um, and Bill and Ted, I know you're excited about the Bill and Ted uh, 3. So this is an actual sequel. It's not a reboot because Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are returning as well. Anyway, Alex Winter is so happy. I mean, he was talking about it um, a year ago when we saw him yes, in Baltimore. Yes, the, the, um, the dual double feature yeah. of uh, Bill and Ted's. And um, and then, and yes, William Sadler, who played the Grim Reaper, in coming the back. Yes, Bill and Ted's is reprising his role. So interesting um, to see that one. Um, yeah, and then, and then Keanu Reeves has had like an interesting week. You see that that news? Yeah, yeah. Could we, I guess we could uh, pivot yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, so apparently, um, a plane from San Francisco to L.A. 
I guess, had uh, had to make an emergency landing, and then they all had to take a bus, right? Yeah. What do you remember the story, Chach? It was something that he was like he was either narrating, like being like a tour guide um, on the bus to, to everybody on <laughs> How there. How cool would that be? Just to have I mean, a tour guide. Uh, Mallory's probably he's like the nicest guy like ever, and like. And this um, new story just kind of confirmed it. Like people had videos of him just like, giving like a tour. Yep, yep. So uh, freelance cartoonist Brian Ree decided to document the journey and showcase Keanu in real life speed roll, <laughs> which is interesting. And he talked uh, about the latest project and he took photos with everybody. He, sa- uh, he sat two rows up and he fell asleep and then. Apparently, um, that's when they were divi- diverted to take a bus. Hey, at least they provided a bus for everybody. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mentioned Us earlier. Who's seen Us? Because I need to see this movie. I saw it. I have not. I haven't okay. seen it. All right. You have to do your review then. Do my what? Your review. Oh. Yeah. No, I definitely enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a cool movie. Um, how, um, how does it compare to Get Out? Yeah. It... Um, I think Get Out had like a bigger like twist. Okay, because I no, was. No, I haven't seen Get Out yet. Okay. Oh my gosh! So I need to see I it. So no, I, I don't won't talk, talk about I Get Out. Been, but Get Out had a yet. really <laughs> freaky twist. And I love plot twists. I need but to we, watch. This is the twist that we. Well, it had a twist that we kind of know from the beginning that they're they're evil go- doppelgangers, right? Yeah. Is, is that, but that's not the twist. Is there another twist? Yeah, there's more twists, but like. Um, yeah. Okay. It was cool. I mean, it. it, it Michael. Um, Michael Peel is a fan of Corey Feldman, so it had like a lot of different references from um, a lot of '80s stuff in there. You know, like the whole. You mean Jordan Peel? Jordan Peel, yeah. What I said, Michael Peel. <laughs> Michael Michael yeah. Keegan. Pe- uh, Michael Keegan Key is the other guy. Right, Keegan. right, yeah. Jordan Peel. <laughs> 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 Michael Keegan. Well, they had a baby. This is the new director here. Right, got it, got it. <laughs> so they um, actually were on the same um, the same boardwalk and pier as mm-hmm. on um, Lost Boys in this movie, which was kind of cool. Okay. Yeah, so like a lot of and like different Nagoonies references in this too, which I thought was pretty cool that some people might pick up on. Oh wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. But yes, yeah, so the number one movie in America made uh, seventy million in North America, the third biggest horror debut of all time, and this is interesting. Us is the biggest opening for an original live action pick since James Cameron's Avatar. So what they mean by li- original live action? There's no source material. It's not like a Marvel movie. It's not oh, a DC okay. movie. Or anything that has an original source material. It comes from gotcha. an original screenplay. Like mm. Avatar didn't come from anything else but the mind of James Cameron, which I thought was interesting. Is so. that counting books too? Like if a movie's made from if a book? If the movie has a, a book as a source material, no, it doesn't count. Okay, okay, wow. Yeah. Avatar never had a book, and I guess us never did either. So that's an interesting uh, piece of trivia right there. Yeah. Well, it's probably um, the only movie that has come out without any kind of source material. <laughs> yeah. In the last 10 years. Yeah. Um,. But yes, uh, so that's the number one movie. Uh, Captain Marvel still doing strong numbers at number two. Um, number three movie is Wonder Park, and we just talked to Five mm. Feet Apart's actress Trina Lafargue. That comes at number four. And I cannot believe How to Train Your Dragon is still pulling up decent numbers. That's a number five movie. Have you seen it? Uh, I need How to you train your dragon? Yeah, it's no. amazing. Oh, is I it cried. amazing? Yeah. Is it really that good? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm excited on, to see it. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the first two? Like, well, no. the first two are so <laughs> I, I'm excited to see it. And Kit Harrington's in it. Just saying. <laughs> As a voice uh, actor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't even know his name, whatever. But you know, it's no, it's yeah. And, I mean, okay. I'm, a, I'm a crier, but I yeah, I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's the finale movie. It's so th- it, it's that's what I one, heard. Right? It's the third one. It's the right, last right. one. So mm-hmm. they're wrapping it up, and it's like, whew. 
Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> a little bit of nostalgia. I'm a little bit too old to say it was. I saw it as a child, but right. but um, yeah, it's no, it's good. So watch it. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. I guess I have to then. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually watched um, Ralph breaks the internet on the plane ride to LA. Okay, <laughs> that was funny. So it was, was one good. of those things I never watched the original Ralph, but I was like, all right, everybody was talking about Wreck It Ralph, and I'll go ahead and watch the. The original is definitely better. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> So we had mentioned already Laurie Laughlin um, a while ago on BTB, but I mentioned about the um, Kids' Choice Awards where Fuller House won the award for funny, a favorite funny TV show and where Candace Cameron, Jodie Sweet, and Andrew Barber, um, they said um, that a loving family sticks together no matter what. So again, I was mentioned earlier, it was alluded to Laurie Laughlin and her controversy with that... Um, you know, that scam uh, for um, to get our, our daughters into USC playing millions of dollars. And obviously that just completely uh, throws integrity out the window for getting accepted well, to college. Did you hear the latest development? Do we have a latest we development? We do. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. her daughter, Olivia Jade, uh-huh. um, was rejected for some sort of, I think it was, I don't know if it was like a trademark or something that she was doing with her makeup brand. Oh, she's Sephora. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, but that, they, they dropped her, but no, but she was yeah. rejected for something because of the lack uh. of decent punctuation in her uh, ah. application. <laughs> really? So, you know, that's <laughs> you know, a little bit of icing like, on wow, the cake. that is whole icing situation. on the cake. Yeah. But I feel like it's kind of like a slap in the, like, like she went, like her career's probably ruined. Um, and she went through yeah. all, the, all this trouble to get her daughter into college. And like on YouTube, her daughter's like, well, I don't really want to be here at college. I'm here for the parties. Maybe I'll go to class oh, yes. sometime. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> so, like, yep. and she's like, I'm going to be in, like, you know, I'm going to be in Asia, like, doing work. And, yes. like, I'm going to be going to Hawaii. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm for work. And, like, like, what are you doing? What a yeah. spoiled brat. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And, you know, all the, the I mean, you know, and she, the, the mom was definitely wrong for doing it all. Right. But, like, you know, she obviously didn't do it for herself. She did it for her, um, her daughter. Yep. And then for her to be spoiled. And I saw like yeah. a magazine um, getting groceries and it said like um, something was calling her like a monster on the cover, like real big. I don't Ooh. know if it was like. Wow. W- w- it wasn't it wasn't people. It was one of the entertainment magazines. I'm like, that's kind of like harsh calling them monsters. I mean, my God, like I know it's bad what they did, but I mean, are they are they monsters? Yeah, it's a little extreme. But it's you know, a shitty it's, thing to do. But It's a shitty thing. But did you see Dr. Dre? He was yeah. apparently his <laughs> yeah. daughter, Truly Young, interesting name. Got into USC on her own and praised that she uh, had no jail time. My daughter got accepted in USC all all on her own, um, and I thought that was really interesting. So basically, said all hard work paid off. I'm going to film scolds what she but said on Instagram story. Didn't it come yeah, out that he gave a fifty million dollar donation. He did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it came out to that. To the school, oh. to you oh, know. So see. then he actually. So you know what's funny? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Laughlin could have done the same freaking thing, and when we yeah, had all the controversy, what? She yeah. could have just made a legitimate donation. They would have taken that into consideration, and she didn't have to go through this whole scam. Yeah. But but who who was the guy that they scammed with? Okay, you don't hear nothing about him, do you? No, no. Well, there's Apparently 50 he, other people involved. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. They were like yeah. taking people like um, pictures of people playing sports and putting their kids' heads That's like crazy. on like Photoshop. So was it the same guy at the school? On, like, was it the same schools or different schools? That's a good question. I think he worked with different schools for um he he worked with so um, one guy wealthy people okay. to 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 put their kids into um you know so what happened to him you don't know nothing about him do you I haven't that I don't they, even they focus they, on the celebrities but he's the one that they was... never really did they release his name at least I don't think I remember reading about the person who created this the 
the the scam. Well, I think a lot of the scam. outrage, you know, from the public is probably coming from mm. the whole fact that you know, if you're rich and famous and and white, you generally tend to get away with things much more than you know, poorer people or people who just can't afford right. good lawyers. And it's like you know, Except they Dr. should. Dr. Dre. Yeah, right. <laughs> should no, be, you gotta be rich. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, no, like they should be punished just as any other person would. Right. You know, it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's, I think it's like up to a year in jail or something, and then you know they shouldn't be able mm-hmm. to just get a slap on the wrist and then yeah. and then go free. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. not sending. It's not really justice in that case. Yeah. And I think that's just being yeah, fed up with that. Especially when you see cases of like, um, there's this woman who lied about you know where she lived because she wanted you know she was like I think she may have been homeless, and so her, you know, kid could go to school, and ended up in jail for a few years, like uh, that. Yeah, just for putting like, a false address on 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 you know official papers. Wow. Well, you know, Lori yeah. Loughlin can post a million dollar bail and and get out, and right. it's just it's, it's a bit a bit of a like a uh, what's the word or the phrase? Just an annoyance. Double really. standard, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, that, yeah, and yeah. an annoyance, a very major <laughs> right. annoyance. It's horrible when like rich people like do something horrible and then like get off like scot free. <laughs> like like faking like a hate crime. Yeah, let's 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 pivot it's into <laughs> Jussie Smollett. So re- all the criminal charges uh, against Jussie have been dropped, um, and this is a uh, quite surprising. I have to admit, his uh, record has been wiped clean of the filing of his tragic complaint against him. Record sealed. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, the guy was pretty much guilty. Um, and his attorney knew that he was guilty, and and the world knew, he and was the guilty. world knew. But for whatever reason, whether he, he was uh, a celebrity, whether he was wealthy, um, it's yeah, kind of like a Scott, uh, a slap on the wrist, like you said, a slap mm-hmm. on the wrist. He had to pay ten thousand dollar bond. That they so the ten thousand dollar bond is all he had to pay, and he's does he have to do community service? No, they now? said he already did it. He, he already um, did it. Okay, he did some stuff with um, Jesse Jackson and his organization, <laughs> and they and they like said like, oh, that's good enough. Which he didn't do it. He didn't do it for community service in the first place. But they decided yeah. to use that for community service. They used that for wow. So, so he, he doesn't have to do community service. He didn't after have to this. do new no. community no. service. They just took some old shit. That wasn't any community <sighs> service, but they called it community service. Oh wow! They like, stuffed some envelopes for Jesse Jackson. Holy or something. shit! I feel bad for anyone who was a victim of a hate crime. It's horrible. It's it's horrible. I feel like, really horrible. The last time I was here, we were talking about. Um, that hate that had just come out when we were, everyone we were was talking. believing everyone yeah. was believing Jesse right and I felt awful for like um awful for him when we were talking about it last time yeah, I was here yeah that's right it just the news just broke about it Jesse is, yeah. right and now we find out it was all a big freaking shame and the man. whole story just and some people are saying that he's innocent but just, the whole thing was so fishy mm-hmm. um yeah and, and now like when a real yeah. when a real like hate crime crime happens people are being like oh that's not true it didn't really happen. And that's you know, what makes you get the people so who sad. cry wolf like that. That makes it, you know. Well, actually, piggybacking right. off of that, um, I don't know if you guys already mentioned it in a previous show, but the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing. The defamation thing? Yeah, yeah. The, the defamation suit, and then have you looked into that? I mean, the details. Yeah, you know what? I, I am not familiar with the, the, the fine details about it. Um, you can you can throw, yeah. uh, throw it Did out. Did you see yeah. the pictures? No, please, please okay, elaborate. Yeah, yeah. So yes. Johnny Depp, um, part of his evidence in the case is that he released some photos okay. of him with a bruised eye and his pinky completely destroyed and like broken off the tip because oh she threw God. a bottle at him. Damn. And I'll, actually, I'll pull it up right here so I can show you guys. And I'm sure everyone you know listening can look it up. And right. um, it's it's insane. And then he's saying basically that she was the abuser. 
and there's like 87 surveillance videos that he submitted for evidence and you know wow. all this and like yeah multiple yeah. eyewitness accounts I didn't know he had all that evidence I do I do know that he was suing Amber yeah. for defamation of character yeah yeah let me which see if I can. during the very sensitive me too movement and domestic abuse and all that you know a lot of people are immediately siding with immediately the female immediately sided with her with yeah a, uh, with the female victims in mm-hmm. in, in particular this but yeah. overlooking then the male victims that i mean yes. there are people and you know men absolutely who, who, wow i'm glad you yeah, mentioned that who can be abused and here's so here's his finger i'm showing them everyone the, oh the his God. finger that got basically had to be reattached oh, after uh, she threw God. a whiskey bottle at it him it looks even worse with the crack screaming uh, yeah <laughs> and <laughs> i remember <laughs> yeah i know i'm just teasing oh, goodness. <laughs> i need to get that fixed yeah. <laughs> But I didn't, I'm surprised it didn't make more. Like, well, I remember. News. I, I remember yeah. when his. I remember he was filming Pirates Five, I think, and then he he had a bandaged hand, and um and that was right around the time that or it was like a year before all the Amber Heard stuff came out, and everyone was like, oh, right. I bet he bandaged his he damaged his hand by punching Amber, yeah. you know, or like. Wow, and then it comes dude. out that it was actually because she was abusing him, and that's what that was, you know. Isn't that well, so people funny. people don't care about that though when that when that comes out. That no, I know stuff, it's they, just it's ridiculous. They overlook it. I mean, they want to get Johnny another double up. standard. Yeah. yeah. And it's like I've always been a fan. He's like I have a Pirates of the Caribbean tattoo. Like I mean, it's I'm <laughs> I'm a Johnny Depp fan, and yeah, I've kind of stuck cool. by him the entire time. So I'm kind of proud of myself for for but that because okay, I you know. But um. So did you believe Amber when you first when or did you believe Johnny when the, the news first my came out? My first about? instinct was yeah. that I should believe Amber because it is important. I, it is important to and I've heard this. It's important to believe victims enough to take them seriously right. and to look into it and investigate. It does not mean that you have to you get to condemn the person that they're accusing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you yeah. have to. And that's what I mean. Yeah, Very when people good. say. People forget yeah. that. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah, it's you know. Yeah. People say like always believe the victim. I mean, yeah. You can you can look into it when yeah. they say it, and, that, and that's what you should and do. And that's what it means. So you it believe them. Doesn't mean they're telling the truth. because A lot of people lie. You believe them enough to really take it seriously as you know a potential crime has been committed, but um it does not mean that you get to you know ruin a man's career, slander right. his name, and put him in prison. Mm. You know, and, and that goes both ways for any sort of crime. Where you yeah. need evidence. And, that's, yeah. Absolutely. And, and I just don't think... And it was Yeah, so my initial reaction was to just be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Johnny Depp. Like, he's my idol. I can't right. believe that he this happened. And, and then I started thinking about it, and I read more of the articles and everything, mm-hmm. and it just didn't make much sense. And she has a history of domestic violence, actually, against her former uh, girlfriend. Oh, wow. wow. And, and then just the fact that she jumped straight from Johnny Depp to Elon Musk, like, within a month. And now John right. Depp is saying that that fight where she broke uh, his finger like that um, came because he wanted to discuss a post-nuptial agreement after he found out that Elon Musk was visiting their house. Oh, oh my wow. God. So you can look into it more, everyone. Uh, it's really interesting. You know, have your own opinions, form your own opinions, please. But wow. yeah. Imagine being uh, Johnny Depp and like you're just like, you know, always been like one of the biggest heartthrobs to right. women. Yeah. And then you got to deal with the same bullshit that other guys have to deal with too. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> other guys coming in. Yeah. This guy has more money than him. He's right. coming in. Elon he Musk. He does. Elon yeah, Musk he does, is, right. has a lot more money. And Johnny Depp's always done with the same old bullshit that everybody else Jesus. deals with. Well, and the crazy. saddest part to me is like there's pictures too. Like when he went to the hospital for his bandaged finger, he always carries his Jack Sparrow costume with him. And he put it on and he went and visited the kids. Oh, the kids Aww. in the hospital. And so I just, I can't believe that that person would you know go from all these happy yeah. relationships through decades of his life, yeah. and then just begin becoming an alcoholic and abusing Abuser, someone? Yeah. It just doesn't. And it doesn't. You make only sense. hear about him being an asshole to anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's one That's time the in the first 90s. Time I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he used to like trash hotel rooms, but never domestic abuse. Winona right. Ryder, Vanessa Paradis, yeah. his first wife. They all came mm-hmm. out and said that he was never I, that yep, way. Vanessa came and th- yeah. right to his defense. Right to his defense. Right. His daughter, she would know, you know. And, yeah. and so it's just, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that this is all coming to light. I just want yeah. to mention that. Yeah, oh, she's, she's, wow. She, she better keep making those Aquaman movies. No, she better get off Aquaman. <laughs> they better kick her off Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to make money to pay those court, but that, court um, costs. 
But that Jesse thing's not over yet. I heard that I've read um, a few hours ago that the FBI is looking into it now and trying to find out why why the whole thing was dropped. Yeah, that's super and, fishy. And yeah. like, I mean, I mean, I mean it's almost the, like he's above the law, right? Even Rob Emanuel was pissed off in Chicago, and that's like, you know, corrupt Chicago can be, and the police force are pissed off, mm. and like. Ten thousand dollars does not equate to what they spent investigating. Like you know, they spent a lot of hours of investigation. Taking right, off, like sure. I think it was like a hundred, like was one hundred fifty different officers, or like some large number that um, they took off other cases to investigate this. This bullshit and case, it, right? Yeah, they spent ten thousand, wow. ten thousand hours on this. Isn't and, that something? And took it off of like other like real crimes. But yeah. but he's out there saying he's still innocent and he's innocent the whole okay. time. And my mom, <laughs> like, I could be my mom's son if um, I did anything dishonest like that. Oh God, I and, saw that. And, oh and then even God. Empire, Empire's walking them back with open arms. They like um, that's crazy. They're they, standing behind them. Empire this. posted a screenshot of him getting um, everything dropped, and you know, and they said, like, "Check us out this Friday or whatever." Empire was saying, kind of like like lethal. I that guess they don't have to write out his character, or do anything. They're just going to bring him back next season. I mean, no, they removed them from the last two episodes, I believe. Which they didn't really want to do. They seem like at first anyway, because they kind of like him and Hall with getting rid of them anyways. Right. But. Um, yeah, like I, I can't like like if if it if it would have been like some white guy that said like two black guys attacked me and like did this whole entire hoax and tried to condemn like a whole race and came out that he lied, he would not it would not have been dropped and I don't think he would be welcome back in open arms at all, you know. That or if Jesse was not a celebrity. I mean, well, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, so it helps I mean, me. I mean, he has powerful allies, which that may have been, you know, <coughs> that might have worked in his favor, contributing to that. Yeah, yeah that he got off. Um, yeah. A lot of higher up um, politicians, uh, and, but you know the FBI. I mean, apparently he like mailed those letters to himself yeah. with the um, white powder, and so if that turns out to be true, then then the, that's, that's a federal offense, and he can be um, he can be um, you know arrested for that. That that's a completely different charge. Yeah. Yeah, the federal offense. Yeah, that's going through the mail. Crazy man. So we'll see. It's crazy. Ever. Let's uh, throw out a couple more happier things and wrap up tonight's show. <laughs> um, how about nude uh, Miley Cyrus on National Puppy Day? She actually posted a nude photo with her dog on her Instagram, um, sunbathing nude on a, on a lounge chair while wearing only green vinyl thigh-high boots. Um, <laughs> I printed out the photo. If you want yeah, to. she's oh, still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's her normal. She's, yeah, that's just Miley. That's, that's Miley. Miley. Yeah. yeah, I was like. Is she still trying to be shocking? Like That's I sent this to Koki, and he was like, thank you for making my day. Uh, yeah, you got very, it. You flaunt it, you know? He was very happy. Yeah, that looks like her that. normal, everyday Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Probably just what she wears every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. She's going to be like headlining one of the days at Woodstock. Did you see that? Yes, they're doing the Woodstock 50 years, Which right? Which is yeah. disgusting, the lineup. Do you think it's disgusting? Well, it's not, it's re- horrible. It's not reflective of what... The original exactly. Woodstock they was, or even '94, but it's, it's just look. It's like it's Coachella. A good, it's a good, yes, it's, it's Coachella. Coachella. It's, it's like mini Coachella. Coachella. It's a decent, it's a decent music lineup. Yes, but it's not anything else. It's not right. Woodstock. Yeah, right. it's not Woodstock. And and I think the original venue is actually hosting like a more. It is. It's more in the spirit of the original Woodstock. And so I was like, oh, oh they okay, are. go. And then oh, the, they're going to have two. There's going to be a, a two, dedication and, I think it's and then one with the I don't know if it's at the same time or not. I but think it's um, the same weekend. Yeah. I think it, yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's right around She's the same one area. Of my they're like 30 miles too. away. What? Yeah, She's Miley one the, is. Yeah. Miley's one of the headliners. But they put her ahead of some of the original Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, really? And it just, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big 60s, 70s, like, vibing kind yeah, of person. So it. that was just offensive to me. It was just, you yeah, know. Yeah. 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 I understand the fact that, yeah. So I'm not going to be. And there's still other bands they could have picked for that, that or older bands that weren't even at Woodstock. Like, like I mean, get, look at like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame lineup. Right, I mean, get, like, Fleetwood can, Mac or somebody. Fleetwood Mac get, is like, getting um, inducted, the Zombies, Def Leppard, yeah. The Cure, Radiohead. Right, I mean, or, any of these bands, and, yeah. And get some acts from the 90s, not the 94 yeah. Woodstock. That, um, there you go. Such a great, like... Um, grunge acts and stuff they could have picked, you know, also, but like, mm-hmm. it's like Jay Z is one of the headliners. Um, um, who else? It wasn't, I mean, it was like a few people from the original, but it wasn't yeah. even like anything groundbreaking. It's like, you know, just another like lukewarm um, festival. Well, just even um, more like acts that were even just around then. I mean, yeah. um, for instance, I mean, I know that Paul McCartney is touring this summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I know that the Hollywood Vampires, Johnny Depp, Alice Cooper, oh, that, Joe cool. Perry, yeah. they could yeah. have been, I went to one of their concerts once and, and oh, that was, cool. yeah, and they play 70s music. They're a tribute band to the, you know, artists who died in the 70s of overdoses and, oh, and things wow. like that. Yeah. And so, you know, that could have been interesting, but instead, you know, we get all the pop music, which is nothing yeah. wrong with that, but it, it's, yeah. it's, it's not, not Woodstock. It's not the spirit of Woodstock. You know, and no. they, they have Coachella already. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so many festivals. Especially for, long especially for Woodstock. Glastonbury. 50. It's yeah. 50 years since so the original Woodstock, and like they should at least mm-hmm. put out some big like reunion acts. Like I mean, right. yeah. If you can get get um, Joe Perry with um, with um, with the original Journey. With Journey, yeah. yeah. Or you know, get get Paul McCartney up there and with Adam um, Lambert with and Ringo doing drums or something yeah. like that. There's something like shocking like that to yeah. like. You, know, oh, you, you can't McCartney see anywhere else. And, yeah, McCartney and, and uh, Ringo together. Yeah, doing then, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that would be amazing. Get Oasis back together. I mean, yeah, exactly. So many things that you, you could, could do. do but that, they, yeah. I think they really wanted to cheap out on this because they figured like, we're going to make money anyway, so the Woodstock name. Yeah. And th- so we're going to you know, get the acts that we can pay the lease for that people will still come and see because it's Woodstock. You know? I don't know about paying the lease. Some of those acts look pretty expensive. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, compared to getting Paul McCartney and um, Ringo. Yeah, I mean, they're still big names, but it's just the genre is just so, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, um, I don't know if rock would draw out as many people as it did. You know, it, it, that's yeah, another thing. That's like a maybe sad they, thing. And, but yeah. it is very commercialized. Yeah, it is about yeah, the money yeah. now, and it wasn't then, and that's just kind of sad. Yeah. yeah. And like, and like, it wasn't like Woodstock 99 uh, fiasco. Right. It wasn't mm. there like fires and like rapes and stuff there. Ooh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Fires and rapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. That's so, advertised on there, too. <laughs> yeah, come, here, come here for fires and rapes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> horrible, Josh. Horrible. It's a horrible slogan. Selfies. I <laughs> we'll take selfies at the yeah, end. Right? <laughs> um, don't broadcast what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so adorable. Allie the Dash. adorable one. The adorable one. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine when you've gone your whole life being like, "Oh, you're so cute." It gets. I it know gets what old. you mean. I know exactly. I'm what like you mean. growing yes. up, like I'm like, God damn it, I just want to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally like, and I looked like, and I still look so young. But when I was like 18, I was like, I was 12. And yeah. like, yeah, no, I'm five foot three with a baby face. Like, I get that all uh, the yeah. time. I was doing some I modeling. hate having a yeah. baby face. I was doing some wedding dress modeling, and there were two other models there, and they were just like, "You, she has such a baby face." Like, I, was like, I can hear you. <laughs> like, thanks. I like, you know. have... <laughs> go, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was gonna say, uh, you probably faces. get this too. <laughs> I have resting nice face, and I feel nice, like resting yeah. nice face is even worse than resting nice face. Oh. Yeah, I have one of those places wow. where if I'm yep, just sitting down in a public place, yes. people will be like, oh, can you take our picture? <laughs> like, oh, hi, do you know the directions? I'm just like, can you just leave me alone? <laughs> but I like it. I also like so it. You're so you're approachable when I ask you questions. I'm approachable yeah. and I'm also very friendly and just polite yeah. and smiley. And so yeah, people just yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it can be annoying sometimes. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> sometimes I just want you to take me seriously. <laughs> I can be no. a bitch too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. <laughs> Celebrity splits include Emma Ooh. Roberts and Evan Peters. Thank God. Called it quits for good. They met on American Heart Story, and apparently they're ending their five-year relationship, and Emma Roberts already rumored to be moving on to actor Garrett Hedlund, who is on Triple Frontier. Speaking of abusers, Emma and Roberts. Emma? Yeah. Oh, she was yeah. She was for, uh, hitting him. years ago. Oh, wow. Damn. They might have been. I don't know much about them. So give they, me a reason to not like her. Anymore. <laughs> they, She's cool with me, but damn. They might have been abusive towards each other for all I know. Yeah. I really don't know much about them, but I do know wow. she was arrested. Yeah. I remember that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a while back. Mm-hmm. Holy hell. He, he should have left a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's worse than a crazy woman scorned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, alas, Morris said it's ex- uh, expecting baby number three, um, as well as WWE's JoJo, who's preggers with Bray Wyatt's kid. Bray, Bray left his wife to be with JoJo, which is crazy. Uh, Jessica Simpson um, just gave birth to a third child. Only her third? Only her third. I thought that was number 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's always pregnant. Like, I right? know. Yeah. yeah, she was pregnant when we last saw her at the White House correspondence, I believe, yeah? Um, or was she not? She wasn't that nice. Okay, she posted she some nice. very, she really skinny then. very yeah. nice feet pictures recently. I, oh. I know. Yes, look up. If you have a foot fetish, uh, oh, she's, check out. She's the girl uh, to look for for foot fetishes. Well, yeah. I, okay. I I admire her for just look it up. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> I don't want that on my search history. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll pull it up. Keep going. Right, I'll pull yes. it up. Greta Gerwig. Oh, um, you, have bo- <laughs> you have a bookmarked, right? <laughs> also, Greta Gerwig, the Oscar uh, nominee um, director and actress, and her longtime um, longtime love director <laughs> Noah Bombach working with their first child together. And let's go ahead. And, uh, you're gonna show me I Jessica Simpson. So here are Jessica Simpson's feet. And I'm not making fun of her. She's awesome. Oh, Thank you for posting this, Jessica Simpson. If you ever somehow are you sure that's for foot fetish or n- foot uh, well, or the opposite? Uh, well, you know, everyone has their uh, has <laughs> their, their quirks. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, wow, I just thought this was like onset of diabetes. It's because the one because she's pregnant. pregnancy. <laughs> oh, your feet. I was pregnancy. when I was pregnant. Your feet, your feet yeah. kind of blow up at slow. the end. Yeah. yeah. I had, I had. But the, yeah, I mean, brave of her to post this. I know. Yeah, I would thank not you. Have no, seriously, like, <laughs> like real body standards. Yeah, yeah there, girl. Like, woo. <laughs> also, um, quick, uh, congratulations to quick some quick celebrities I've never even heard of. Kalani, um, singer Romeo Santos. Oh, good. Portia Williams from Real Housewives of Atlanta, and Cody and Jessica, Cody Nixon and Jessica Graff from Big Brother have all welcomed new little ones. So mm. congratulations to them. And we already mentioned uh, some sad passings, including uh, Ra- uh, Ranking Roger, who yes. we mentioned earlier. We also lost another in the music world, Scott Walker, the avant-garde musician, one-third of the Walker Brothers, has oh, passed no. away. Okay. And a, a young um, singer <laughs> named Justin like, Carter. Oh, no, okay. Okay, you never heard of him, but <laughs> no, it's sad. No, uh, I yeah, have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, oh, no. Okay, he's dead. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> John Carter, country singer, dead at the age of 35. Um, apparently, well, this is really sad, an accidental shooting. Yeah. From a gun that he was using a, as a prop from a music video. Yeah. Oh, this goes back from The Crow for Brandon yes, Lee, Bruce yes. Lee's son, who was accidentally shot by a prop gun that killed him on set. Oh. And this should be prevented. This should not be yeah, happening. How's that happen? Yeah. How's that happen? They, because they're putting fucking real bullets or, or fake bullets that can actually kill people. Put fucking foam in those. I, I don't yeah, know what you have to put in those Bubbles or something. Yeah. yeah. 
whatever they need to do, why should there be anything, whether it's a real bullet or a fake bullet, that could potentially kill someone? Yeah, why yeah, why is it like a gun that actually shoots stuff out? That there should, should be a non-firing gun happening. for yeah. movie purposes. Yeah. Yes. I, mean, I think we know that by now. This is a music video. Maybe at a low budget. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Someone just know. brought their handgun on set. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, and um, some people said he was supposed to be like the next Garth Brooks. I mean, they probably see? say that a lot. But that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That's young and like, yeah. yeah. That's a horrible way to oh, go. Oh, did you guys man. touch on um all those? There were a couple of teenage girls that died of heart attacks lately. We there was a beauty queen yeah. last year, and, and Louis, then there was Louis, Louis Tomlinson's, Tomlinson's sister. sister was last. Yeah, that's, that. really that's so sad. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was like a, a model. Yeah. And she uh, was an Instagram uh, influencer. Yeah. Million, didn't she have like a million followers? There were rumors of anorexia maybe oh, being geez. the cause because she was looking pretty skinny in some uh, of her last pictures. What about like drug use? Maybe, but um, I don't know. I don't really when know much about young, her. When you're that young, it's really sad. It is. And it, you know, it's just, and it sucks for him because his mom having died two years before that of cancer. Yeah. You got to feel for Lewis Thompson. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. So that's rough. And yeah. And being like one of those Instagram influencers, you got to be, um, have issues anyways. Just having people... Stare at you every day. Comment like, on you picture. and your appearance yeah. all the time, yeah. constantly, no matter what. And yeah. people are so nice on social media, too. There's never any kind of trolls no, or no, anything. No. Actually, that's interesting. <laughs> I would like to get, actually, Lauren Francesco, a social media influencer who's a friend of mine, to talk about that because I'm curious about if she's... I know she she gets a lot of, like, uh, perverted, pervy comments, but... What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. <laughs> right. But I'm curious if she... I'm surprised. It shouldn't happen to women. If, if, she's, if anything that, that has been said has caused her to... You know, to I don't know to 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 do to you know become depressed or anything like that, which, anyways, is a big deal. Um, big UFC news that Conor McGregor has announced his retirement from uh, MMA and UFC. Apparently, they're in talks for his next fight to happen in July, but apparently, he just started his own whiskey company, his Irish whiskey company. So uh, it's called Proper Twelve, and uh, I don't know if. This is just kind of a, a play for a publicity stunt, I guess, for more money or maybe another contract. But apparently they never had a, an upcoming fight for him. But Because um, he had p- pulled this move before back in 2016, um, right after he lost to Nate Diaz in UFC 196. Hmm. So we'll have to wait and see to find out if Conor McGregor is surely, uh, truly retired or not. But personally, I'd like to see him in WWE. I think he'd be great. <laughs> um, of course, with WrestleMania coming around. Um, any wrestling fans in the room? Chacha, I know you no. used to be. Allie, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> the segment, but, I get very quiet. But this is <laughs> but really good. It's a, kind of a big deal because women are headlining WrestleMania for the first time. That is awesome. Yes. Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair versus um, Becky Lynch. And Charlotte actually just won the SmackDown Women's Championship on SmackDown. So we're going to have two women's championships. Um two women's champions in the same triple threat match headlining WrestleMania. This is the first time in 34, 35 WrestleManias that oh, women wow. have actually headlined. So it's kind of groundbreaking. Uh, obviously, Ronda Rousey being like the top name in UFC, now going to WWE and just dominating both sports. I mean, she's a testament to that. I always forget Ronda Rousey's name, and I always just want to say Rooney Mara. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two completely different people. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, no. Um, uh, <laughs> that tells you how much I know about sports. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know if I can consider WWE sports, but uh, as you know, um, Ronda Rousey, she comes out to Joan Jett's um, Bad Reputation song. Joan Jett will actually be performing at WrestleMania. Oh, that's cool. Performing her opening song at WrestleMania, so... The card is completely stacked, and, and it's really huge, and we're definitely getting Daniel Bryan versus 
uh, Kofi Kingston's we saw on. Oh. No, sorry. Are you excited really about that match? Wait, no, I did not even hear what you were talking about. I was thinking about something else. I just thought of something that yeah. was mentioned. Oh, uh, he nor- died? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. no, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, did you see Norman Reedus' interview on, I think it was Cole, no, it was not Cole, it was uh, Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. I think it came out today. Okay, what did he announce? Talked about Walking Dead, you know, and yeah. he had a new daughter. I guess, did you guys talk yes, about that when that actually, happened? Yes, yeah. actually, Norman Reedus uh, and Diane Kruger, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Weirdest yes. couple. Love them, though. I mean, yeah. it's just like, you would never expect those two to meet, you know? Like, yeah, like I was a, actually, you know, I, I had, I was, it was cool working with um, Diane. I worked with oh. her on Fathers and Daughters. And then Norman, we met at the White House Correspondence, and we yes. met, uh, where did Russell we party? Yeah, he dude, the guy was a part. This is before he was with Diane. Yeah, 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 yeah. But myself and Chachi, did we not see Norman go from the party into a limo or some SUV with two girls? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he could totally. That's when we first walked, first walked to the party, he was on the second floor of the building, <laughs> hanging his head out the window, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> That's so Norman. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, I met him three times. Yeah. I was I went through a phase. Yeah. And I, I went bet to conventions did. and yeah, I got like the VIP, you know. Yeah, yeah he's he smells really good. I'll say that. <laughs> okay, because his character doesn't look like he's very clean. No, he does show. not look clean, but you come up to right. him and you're like, Wow. You know, like just <laughs> sorry. Wow. I was expecting for you to stink. Yeah, he was actually he was my first celebrity that I met. Yeah, and you, so do you figure though the, the way yeah. they look on and on especially the whispers, man, that that, that oh. cap's gotta Oh, but be Samantha really Morton, fun. speaking of the whispers, Samantha Morton really kills it as Alpha. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and just like, well, seeing her at Talk the fair, perfect, perfect, and just perfect the, the complete transformation that she made from being this grungy, you know, zombie woman to coming out and having like this long, flowing blonde right, hair. Right. Disguising like, them. Yeah. Uh, at first, I wasn't even you know, sure if it was her because I was like, she's actually like, pretty. Right, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Like, you know, it's like she looks like she a. She cleaned up, right? Yeah. It was weird. But she was still was also. So yeah, I did find. I will say the yeah. whole conversation conversation with Ezekiel was a bit like she was. Giving up creep vibes, like you know, yeah. it was kind of like Ezekiel, like you, know, like don't go anywhere with this woman, like come on, yeah. <laughs> she couldn't hide it that well. Nice, yeah, nice. but yeah, that was good. Awesome, I love how we go back to Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> but we got, we it's love Walking Dead. We yeah. love Walking Dead on this show. Um, so WWE is gonna have um a, a celebrity rub at WrestleMania. Um, Colin Jost and Michael Che will be in the Andre the Giant Ma- Battle Royal. Who's going to be in it? Uh, Michael, um, Che, and Colin Jost. They're the weekend update okay, reporters okay. on Saturday Night Live. They're, they're doing a little skit. Um, I don't, sound, I sounds doubt, horrible. I okay. doubt they'll get very physical in the ring, but uh, yeah. yeah. And the newest, um, Sounds Hall, like the worst. The newest Hall of Fame inductees, finally, Jim the Anvil Neidhart will be inducted with okay, cool. Brett the Hitman Hart and the Hart Foundation. So oh. that is excellent news because Jim Neidhart was well overdue. And unfortunately, he passed away um, last year. He was featured a lot on Total Divas on E! Network as Nat- Natalia's father. But finally, he's going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. And um, Send us any Lopper, though. Hopefully, one day. I don't right? know what's taking so long for that. I know. They, they haven't announced a celebrity winner. This is in New York, and you figure this would be the perfect opportunity, especially she, with women headlining in the um, WrestleMania. I Why not bring at one of I the Trailblazers? I agree more wholeheartedly, Chach, for sure. Yeah. And, of course, we're going to see Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's retirement match at WrestleMania. He's been on his retirement uh, um, tour, I guess, his final matches on Raw and SmackDown. He just wrestled Samoa Joe on SmackDown this past... uh, How was that match? uh, It was a good match, but it ended up in a DQ with Randy Orton's interference. And then he wrestled... um, He um, wrestled Drew McIntyre earlier uh, in the month, and he's wrestling Rey Mysterio next week. 
So big matches. But is this a, a work that he's retiring? Or is this? No, this is, this is legit. Really? Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see if they stick with the match with Baron Corbin. Because a lot of people want to see John Cena versus Kurt Angle in his retirement match, you know. I mean, I personally would rather see that. Um, and, of course, we saw um, um, Kurt Angle and AJ Styles have a great match as well on SmackDown. So, you know, he's trying to have these marquee matches before he retires. So, um, I, think you'll see, I think you'll see, you'll see um, Hogan show up. We might see Hulk Hogan. He might be uh, another one. But I'm excited about Joan Jett. I think that's going to be great. That's um, cool. I'll have an exclusive WrestleMania report as I will be in attendance. I cannot believe, wow, I'm actually going to WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, gotta admit, I haven't been to WrestleMania in years. So. I'm only, this is only my second one, surprisingly. So, um, And um, just some birthday shout-outs to close out tonight's show. Wow, this is a great show, guys. You, Maddie did amazing. Thank Al, you, you always do amazing. And Chachi, you already know how good well, you thank are. You, thank you. But Amanda, wow. <laughs> thank wow, you, you so much. You, you did a great the, job too, Al. With a Q&A, killing it. Uh, yeah, guests. I'm a curious person. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. So some birthday shout-outs include um, Quentin Tarantino. Happy birthday to Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite directors. 56. 56, nice. Yeah, actress named Talisa Soto, who is not related to me, is uh, 52 today. Uh, actor Ben Koldyke from Masters of Sex is 51. Polly Perrette from NCIS is 50. Mariah Carey is 49. Wow. Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost is 49. Nathan Fillion from Castle and the Rookies, 48. Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, 44. Damn. Emily Ann Lloyd is 35. Brenda Song is 31. And actress Taylor Adelon is 24. That's birthdays today on March 27th. And that's uh, that's it. Um, that is it for tonight's blo- episode of Below the Belt Show. It was a lot of fun. We'd like to thank our in-studio panel, of course, the adorable one, Ali Dash. Any upcoming uh, promotions, <laughs> plugs? I know you're always on TV, commercials. Um, I did just do a Five Guys um, photo shoot. Yes, is so that is exciting. awesome. Um, oh, so how cool is that? Be on the, the lookout for um, the delivery. Uh, we're promoting the, um, the Five Guys does delivery now. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for the photos. We'll be watching for <laughs> sure. Any um, movies, TV shows, albums dropping? Albums um, dropping. <laughs> anything, anything that promotes. Um, I mean, I do a little bit of modeling, so I can drop my Instagram yes. username. So that's Amanda K Michaud. So it's M I C H A U D. Mm-hmm. A little bit of that. Nothing, in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get those Instagram followers up, yeah? Yeah. Well, nice, okay, right? so I'm going to say this real quick. I'm going to plug my Instagram super hard when I, you know, whenever I come on anything like this because I do not pay for followers. I will refuse to pay yes, for followers. that's a good thing. And you lose out, honestly, you lose out on jobs nowadays if you don't have enough followers. So that is hit me up. Sad. It's yeah. kind of, it's it's kind of a sad state of yeah. affairs how they put importance on social media for casting purposes. But some... I don't know. Sometimes you have to promote something and they're yeah. willing to do it. But it's like shameless self-promotion. I don't care because yeah. if that's what I have to do right. to get where I have to be, then that's Good. what I'm going to do. So, yeah, there's that. And then, you know, just keep a lookout in the next few years. All right. And hopefully we'll see um, some great scenes from the Messiah. From yeah, Messiah and Jack Ryan. Actually. Jack Ryan. You'll see my back. I walk next to John Krasinski. Oh, Maybe I go. shouldn't say that, but it's already out. The se- wait, the first season. Well, no, second, the second season. season. Second season, right. But it's right. not really giving anything away. I just Wait, that was your back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, right yeah. at the infamous back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's coming together. Yeah. <laughs> I do have uh, Amazon uh, web series to promote Thespian that I shot um, last week. Um, Thespian? 
thespian, not oh. lesbian, but thespian. Of course, that's where your mind goes. <laughs> 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 um, season one's already on Amazon Prime. If you want to tune in, it's produced here in Maryland. Uh, comedian and actor Mark Unger produces it. Uh, a lot of great talent here in the DMV has been featured in it. Um, it's a really funny web series. Um, I'm not sure what episode number it is, but um, there's a snippet of a clip of the scene I was in that's available um, that you can check out. I have to put that uh, link out for. That's uh, a snippet of a clip of the scene. Right. <laughs> right. There you go. That is perfect. So. Thanks so much for our celebrity callers tonight. Of course, Joseph Gatt. Make sure you check out Dumbo in theaters um, this weekend. And <laughs> Trina Lafargue from Five Feet Apart, <laughs> which you should check out in theaters now. Uh, looks like a great movie. And, uh, wow, thanks so much. This is an incredible show from top to bottom. You guys are amazing. And that is it. That's it for, uh, for myself. You're on Below the Belt show. Awesome. And, um... Can you believe I'm already done Sundance interviews, Chachi, and I'm moving on finally to other stuff. So closing out tonight's show, I got to go to a con in D.C. called KatsuCon, which is an anime convention. And I got to interview in person um, voice actress Courtney Taylor and voice actress Trina Nishimura. So for those being in the anime world, you might know them. Courtney actually called in the Below the Belt show at one point. But uh, some great on-location content to get a little bit of the ambiance of the Katsukan Comic-Con. And uh, i got to make sure we check out this Game of Thrones Comic-Con. That sounds pretty exciting. And um, locally, great cons coming up. Uh, the weekend of April 12th includes... I'm not going to plug the one in Chicago because we didn't get accepted. Yes. But I will plug um, <laughs> the Great Philadelphia Comic-Con, which is happening um, April 11th, 12th, and 13th, I believe. And, of course, Awesome Con. Which, uh, Amanda, you'll be... Uh, I'll be there. Yeah. Friday there and Saturday. As, oh, right mm-hmm. on. Wow, some great cons coming up in the m- month of April. Uh, Chach, you're going to a con as well, right? Next week? This weekend. This weekend. What, what con is that? I don't know. We didn't get accepted for that, so... Oh, did you submit? I did. Oh, we didn't get accepted? No. Oh, shoot. Crap. Okay. Well, did you want to um, try to do interviews? Do you want the recorder? Nah. I don't know if it would help, but... Probably not. Probably not, I guess. Okay. Well... I guess we're not going to promote that con. Then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll be in New York City. I'll give you uh, my reviews of some of the plays and a uh, rundown of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, which, yes, The Cure, Radiohead, Janet Jackson, The Zombies, Def Leppard are all getting inducted. And uh, it should be a pretty cool show. I'm really looking forward to it. So I know, tough life, right? It sucks. <laughs> Guys, we'll be back next week for another amazing show. Thanks so much for calling in. For our special guests, Trina Lafargue and Joseph Gatt. And thanks, fans, for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about the finale of Walking Dead, which this was already a, gr- a crazy episode uh, this week. And now we're going to get, we still have a finale to talk about next week. So expect that. And um, our special guest next week is actress Jocelyn Panton from AMC's Critters. And you show AMC. So, um, yeah, look forward to next week, guys. On behalf of everybody here, We will see you guys next time. Until then, peace. Yes, that's right. We're here at KatsuCon, guys, 2019 at the Gaylord at the National Harbor. We're here with Courtney Taylor, voice actress extraordinaire. How has 
your KatsuCon experience been so far? This was my first KatsuCon and I had such a good time. We're, we're wrapping things up. We're almost about to go to the ending ceremonies, but um, it's just as good as advertised. I was told by Ian Jones Forty, who um, is over at Cartoon Network on OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, and was on Steven Universe, that this was the con that he grew up going to and it was amazing. And it is as advertised. Great cosplay, really nice people, um, and I've had a fantastic time. Nice, nice, nice. Was there any particular highlight this weekend so far? Oh, highlight. Uh, well, I mean, the convention itself, really the cosplay was the highlight. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's so, like, there was every... Almost every person was dressed up. The people who weren't dressed up, I was like, oh, they must be a, a guest. Yeah. They must be appearing as a guest because <laughs> literally all the in attendees are in something. So it's been really fun to just walk around and see all the detail and yes. amazing, you know, 3D printing and artwork and the attention to detail that these so costumes much. Absolutely. are fantastic. So. If you could wear a cosplay costume, well, which, which cosplay costume would you like to wear? Well, if I did a lot of crunches, I would do Jack from Mass Effect 3. Yes. But it involves a lot of uh, belly exercises. So um, uh, if I was just going to hang out and be comfortable, I would probably do Totoro. Okay. <laughs> just roll around in a onesie with nice. some padding in it. And, nice, very comfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So how's the fan experience been so far uh, interacting with the fans here at KatsuCon? They're so, they're just the, the sweetest. Everybody, it's interesting because having done so many different uh, characters and different types of games and and animation I'll go to a convention and someone it's it's mainly focused on um, Mass Effect you know there's a big yes. there's a big core group of people that like that thing and here it's been amazing to have people who love Destiny people who love Mass Effect people who are excited about KO um, it's just been a peppering of of all the characters a, a, a girl walked up with a Heroes of the Storm hat earlier yes. which uh, I voiced Sergeant Hammer for that game and I you know like even even some of the small characters people are like yes Nisha from World of Warcraft you know <laughs> So it's um, it's been a lot of uh, niche characters that have have I've gotten fan love from. So it's great. That's awesome. So you've been a part of this uh, all three days, yes. and you got to hang out with a lot of the other voice actors in attendance. Yes. How did you like bonding with your fellow voice actors? It was lovely. I've yeah. actually bonded with most of them before. Cool. I have worked with Max Middleman and Ray Chase and Robbie cool. Damon. Um, <clears throat> I met Chloe Hollings. Uh, uh, Prior to this con, but it was great to yeah. see her again and um, and meet uh, Trina Nishimura, who I had not met before, um, and see Michael Center Nicholas. It's just a great, lovely group. We actually went and did a um, an escape room the first night we were here. Love escape rooms, by the way. I've never were you successful? One, have never done one, and we got on the leaderboard because That's we good. were the fastest for a group. Of yes. So I feel like the whole weekend has just been. Were you a uh, team player, or did, were you? Did you contribute to any of the uh, the oh. solving? Yes, actually, yeah. it was great. Uh, all of us had like it's. It was perfect. All of us had like things that we sort of specialized in. Yeah. So I took all of the um, tiles and was like the rune tiles and was trying to figure yeah. out what the message was on that. Yeah. Other people were putting different things together and and doing the math and stuff. So luckily, I didn't get stuck doing the math because we would have never. We'd still be in there. <laughs> but uh, I, I I found my thing, my strength, and I put it together, and then we got out. 
Nice. <laughs> so um, we talked in length on BelowTheBeltShow.com. Yeah. We talked about your love of punk music. Were you able to find any cool punches while you're in uh, DC? I have not. <laughs> I have. I literally hit the ground running when I got here. Yeah. So we're wrapping things up in about an hour, and then I'm gonna start looking uh, to see what I can find. Uh, and be a DC tourist, right? Yes, yes. absolutely. I, although I would love to. I was, you know, like I'm a big Minor Threat fan from back in the day. So okay, cool. it would be great to uh, go find some old punk clubs. Um, but if not, uh, there's so much to do. I'm super excited. I want to go see the Korean War Memorial, and nice. uh, you know, I I've been told I can't I can't do anything disparaging. Um, that would make sense. <laughs> just kidding. I never would. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's just so much so much great art, and okay. um, so I'm excited to go to maybe a museum, something like see what we can squeeze in in our in yes. our 20. Four hours before we get on the plane. Before we have to get back to LA. Uh, any other future projects you want to promote? Other, you have KO, you have KO, of course, and uh, right. so uh, and upcoming here. video games. Um, the only thing I can say is you can follow me on social media. There you go. At Courtney Taylor. There you um, go. At Courtney Taylor on Courtenay. Twitter, um, and that's where I usually drop everything that uh, that comes out as soon as I can talk about it. Right. But that's this is the voice actor life. So much of it happens like the day before it hits the hits the market. Um, OKKO OK has lots of new episodes coming out, so if you watch Cartoon Network, definitely check that out. And um, I'll be popping up in some places you probably wouldn't expect, but I'll okay. keep you posted so you can uh, share. Well, you did a Star Wars video game. I hope to see you in the Star Wars universe at some point, so we'll have to see. But regardless, guys, the amazing, the talented Courtney Taylor <laughs> here at Katsukon 2019. Thanks so much for talking with us. If you could let us know who you are, um, throw out some of your projects, and you're on Below the Belt Show. Sure. I'm Courtney Taylor. I'm a voice actor. I voice Jack from Mass Effect, uh, Ada Wong in some of the Resident Evil properties. Uh, I'm OKKO OK on OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes on Cartoon Network. I uh, voice KO, and I'm the female soul survivor in Fallout 4. Um, oh, and also Scarlet from the new Call of Duty Black Ops 4. So uh, we're on Below the Belt. Yes. Keep watching. Nice. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> Wait, I need to do that. <laughs> Yes, that's right, guys. We're still at KatsuCon 2019 with voice actress Trina Nishimura. Hi, hi. Hello. Are you having a blast or what here I, at KatsuCon? I love this place. The cosplay at KatsuCon has been amazing, like super, super great. Now, if you were to rock a cosplay, which cosplay would you wear? I think I would have to cosplay as Jiro from, uh, if it's one of my characters, uh, Jiro from My Hero Academia, just because it's kind of my look anyways, and I really love it. <laughs> It's comfortable. It makes sense. You got to kind of represent what you're known for, right? Totally. Yes, yes. So um, let's talk about like how you got into the world of voice acting, if you could. Just give a little, little uh, bio. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so I've been an actor my whole life. Uh, I started acting when I was nine with my local community theater. And then I started touring when I was 13 with a company. And then um, I went to college. And a friend of mine told me about an audition at Funimation. And I auditioned. And 12 years later, here I am. 12 years later, here you are. Now, I see amazing voiceover credits. Um, do you do stuff in front of the camera as well? 
I do do some on-camera stuff, yes. um, and I do some commercial stuff. I do some audiobook stuff. I do apps. I do video wow. games. Um, but nobody's like, oh, will you sign the my... The queen of all media. <laughs> I'm trying. Right. Uh, but nobody's ever like, hey, will you sign my nationwide insurance card from that commercial? <laughs> so, yeah. That's pretty funny. So what's the highlight been so far? Greeting the fans or any particular incidents that happened that, that stick out as a highlight? Um, highlights from KatsuCon. I mean, there have been so many great times. Yeah. Um, I got to spend some time with Michael Center Nicholas, who's very, very smart. We did a panel together that was real fun. Uh, that's the Texan in me. Real fun. Um, uh, the, the cosplay here is out of control. It is so beautiful, and there's so many yes. photographers. It's so cool. It's so, so cool. I'm, I'm just really fortunate to be here and, and glad to meet the fans. And I can't think of any one highlight that was amazing, but just, you know, catching up with old friends, meeting new friends. It's awesome. Right. So I guess being bilingual, uh, English and Japanese, right? Uh, you feel you have an advantage in the anime world? I'm actually not bilingual. You're not? No, that's a rumor that's been going around. Oh, okay. um, it's because of my last name. Um, <laughs> I'm actually very Texan. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I'm not bilingual, but I, I aspire to be. I speak a little bit of French, uh, okay. which is not helpful. Uh, if, if I had it to do over again, I'd, I'd probably learn Spanish. Um, okay. But yeah, no. But your uh, ethnicity is Japanese? Yes, I am okay. half Japanese. Okay, right on. As the name assumes. <laughs> Great. Well, I mean, obviously the anime world is is, is part of your heritage. So, is, yeah. yeah, so you find that kind of a, a natural natural thing to to be a part of? Um, yeah, uh, it's it's been really it's been such a great adventure yeah. over this past twelve years, and being able to you know connect with um, so many fans uh, uh, from different parts of the world and different ethnicities has been awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, awesome. So, thanks so much for talking with us, Trina. This is amazing. If you could uh, let us know who you are, let us know you're on Below the Belt show. If you want to do a voice of one of your uh, your uh, well-known characters, that would be awesome. And just let it, yeah, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Sure. Uh, uh, hi, this is Trina Nishimura. I'm on Below the Belt Show, and I am super excited to be here at KatsuCon. <laughs> nice. That good? Perfect. Awesome. Thanks Thank so you much. so much. More to come. KatsuCon 2019. <laughs> well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.